greetings, everybody, and welcome to a spooky episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara K. Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. First of all, stop trying to make spooky happen. <laughs> Second of all, usually I take the Never. most copious notes for the show because Lord knows Mora won't. Uh, this week... I refused Can't. in protest because fuck this episode of Glee. I took zero <laughs> notes for this episode of television. <gasps> the spookiest thing of all! <laughs> I quit. Oh, no. <laughs> Alright, and we are joined by returning guest, Elena Rivera. What's up, Elena? Hey, nothing much. I'm so excited to be here, and I am so sad about this episode. Yeah, you picked watching this episode, so that's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know if I... I, the only thing I remember about this episode is that there was some weird, like, body image issue trying to address it, but there was so much more. And it's, it's an odd And also body the body issue. image issue was dumb as fuck. <laughs> oh, it was so dumb. Yeah, it was terrible. Because it was Cordover Street, so like, like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, it's nice to see, like, young men talking about their bodies openly. Like, that's good for them. Like, they should be able to do that. But, like, at the same time, I feel like it's 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 if someone said to Ryan Murphy, like, if you're doing after school specials, you should totally address body issues. He's like, okay, I'll do that. But with a well, twist. I, I think it's, actually, <laughs> it's not even that. I think it was just uh, Ryan Murphy's way to get Corey Monty to tighten it up. Oh, <laughs> that's even more disturbing and probably true. Ooh. Because, yeah, Corey Monty was not going to be shirtless at all during the first season, for sure. So. Oh, my God. All right, well. I we can't tell from like, the we, we, we're jumping we're jumping right into it. We watched Glee guys. <laughs> That's why we're already falling apart the seams because we finally fucking. I mean, you mentioned Cory Monteith. There's not a lot you were watching. Oh Jesus! Unless it's a, we can finally do the vampire episode of Smallville. So <laughs> a cowboy was like a Canadian show too. Yes, I believe it was called Probably. Kaya. Yes, and he plays a guitar. Well, we we bridged the threshold. We we finally did Glee. Um, the season two, episode five. The Rocky Horror Glee Show, which is their Halloween episode, but it's really basically just a uh, Rocky Horror episode. There's not much Halloween even involved it's here. It's not much trick or treating. Rocky Horror besides <laughs> ruining the songs. Oh man! So we're gonna we're gonna I, like I, we mentioned before um, pre-show is that we're gonna have to try and discuss this a little more objectively because a lot of the critic like critiques of it will be song based and it's a very visual. Do we have to be objective? No, not objective, but I just mean that, like, it's hard to explain why the singing sucks beyond, like, it sucks and it's auto-tuned, because, like, it's one of those things sometimes you have to see for yourself, and the singing takes up, like, I'd say, like, 75% of the episode. Yeah. The rest of it's just people talking in between songs. Like, it, this show is very, very, very weak in terms of, like, actual plot and substance, which is, I think, true of the whole show after a certain point. This is kind of the turning point. I almost feel like this is we're we're, we're like cresting the wave of where it just continues to, to fall apart from this point forward. But we'll get into that too. I think otherwise we can also talk about how the show. I think I said to you guys before it kind of embodies disappointment to me because this was such a hyped pilot, such a hyped show. Everyone was psyched for Ryan Murphy to get back to like teenagers, like vis-a-vis uh, -vis popular. I was like psyched about it, but like this is just bad and it, and this it was keeps at, getting right, worse after the britney spears episode which was already like a new low yeah that was oh my god and it, it's weird at it's, least that one was a fun showcase and didn't that feel Morris. didn't that feel like it happened like in season eight or something <laughs> like nuts <laughs> but it was like the beginning of season two like the, it, this show was so like um 
I don't know, uh, event television immediately that it became almost like I was annoyed by it just in, like, the existence by that point. Because it was just so, like, did you see Glee last night? Britney Spears was on it and she did all her songs. It's just, it's it's the same people that watch The Voice every week. I don't know what you're doing and it just disappoints me. <laughs> but yeah, so, anyway, so let's, let's get into the episode at large. Like, it, it starts out classic Rocky Horror parody style with the lips. Although, even right from the beginning, I was like, this is a show with all underage children. This feels incredibly inappropriate. Like, right away, it's kind of weird, like, hyper-sexualized lips. Like, you know, the disembodied lips floating in the air, a la Rocky Horror. And it just seems kind of weird. I will give the episode... I was reading the Time review. Like, the only two reviews I trusted to read uh, in preparation for this (laughs) were the AV Club one, which just skewers it, and the Time one. And this was, like, happened a little bit after uh, that infamous GQ shoot uh, oh, yeah. with Leah Michelle and Diana Agron and Corey Monteith, where everyone was like, oh, they play children. They're, why are they so sexualized? Like, well, they're all grown adults, and they're, they're hot ones at that, so why wouldn't they be sexualized? Yeah, it's, t- it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, I almost feel like it would have been better if it was, like, a complete parody where... Like strangers with candy style, everyone was clearly like in their thirties or forties. I, I have no problem with them being sexualized. The, the problem becomes the Schuster of it all. Oh, oh my God! He's I, the problem with them being sexualized. Are we? Are we ready for? I mean, I I should say this like you know disclaimer up front. If you like Will Schuster, you might as well turn this podcast off right now. <laughs> like, also, who is that? I don't know. <laughs> are you a human being? Get help. <laughs> like, I don't... I, there must be people that like him, right? I mean, okay. I remember, <laughs> I remember him from the, like, Once Upon a Mattress, like, straight-to-DVD movie with Zoe Deschanel and some other people. And I liked him in that. Like, he has a great voice. But, I mean, that... Trash. <laughs> that, I, I kept... The thing that was the worst about this episode is, like... He's he's not always the worst in the show. Like I think they used him they use him well when he's like supporting the characters and he's like acting like a teacher should. But the problem becomes when he like they try to like make him funny or like give him some kind of more storyline than just like you're a teacher helping your students. And so I felt like this episode already I was like, Nope, nope, the tone he's, is wrong, like something's wrong here. He's a straight up villain. Like the entire episode, he's a villain. Like he's worse than Sue, I would say, in in large swaths of this, which Sue has her own we'll get to that he, when it gets he's to her. A cartoon. He's yeah. just the worst. He's like a real predator. Like I almost feel like he's a weird person who's like he he as much as the body issue stuff was kind of, like, really hokey, like, he actually, like, shames Cordova Street into not playing. I mean, it, to a degree. Obviously, he also had some insecurity on his own that it was kind of bottled up tight. But he's completely fine with just giving this kid, like, probably lasting body image issues. Like, it's really fucked up. Like, everything about his character is the worst, capital T, capital W. And I think, like, this episode really exemplifies where... I mean, maybe he's done this occasionally in the beginning, but I feel like this is almost just where he's so irrelevant too. Like, why is he even in I mean, this show? One of the best uh, uh, episodes of the, even the first season or even the series, "The Rose Not Taken." Uh, Rachel decides to do the school play, and as revenge, instead of just like letting her do that in Glee, he replaces her with forty-something April Rhodes. Like, he's petty. Oh himself. yeah. It's, it's, I totally forgot about that. And even in this yeah, episode... One of the best episodes of the series, but he's, still, like, he's always been a monster. Yeah, and even in this, this episode... Just, 
Well, he's also like che- like trying to cheat on his wife. There's a whole bunch of and yeah. uh, time pregnant. His wife is also wife. also very villainous I mean, too. But like, it's just he's a he's a also a monster. He's like a predator on Emma. And not that Emma's amazing either, but like, my god, and just I mean, there's really nothing. Emma has her problems, but like as a person, she's a much better person than Will. Oh God! Well, let's we'll, we'll get we'll get to the, those scenes later on because there's plenty to say about Will throughout the episode, I'm sure. But we can just tear into. But just just to warn anybody off, if you think we're gonna go easy on him or something, and this is an episode where he's like a decent guy, you'd be wrong on both counts. But um, so start off. I don't know with, how anyone can defend him in this episode. There's gotta be somebody. Defend him ever. There's gotta be somebody who's out there like, but he just wants. He wants true love or some bullshit like that. <laughs> He's trash. But, uh, yeah, so it starts out with the lips, uh, Rocky Horror style, and then we get the stage introduction, and it kind of well, just... I need to point out the lips real quick. Uh, they are Naya Rivera's because it's Santana, but it's so freaking auto-tuned. You can't even tell who it was. I couldn't tell who it was. Could you... I couldn't tell till the runs. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. But also, I like... I could tell. I think I could tell because I was like, who... I think she, I mean, okay, so Santana over the course of Glee history is, like, kind of a weird mess of a character, like every Mm -hmm. character is, but she definitely, I think she definitely has, like, one of the better voices on the show. Agreed. She has has the best voice that's not, like, super trained, like Leah Michelle. but yeah, hands down. And and she's she's better in different ways, too. Like, I feel like Leah Michelle is is strongest when she's on stage, whereas she's maybe not as great in, like, an auto-tune booth setting or something, some of the time, at least. Yeah. But so like, they're definitely the two best uh, singers and possibly actor, actresses on the show, which, of, if you read Naya Rivera's book or know any Glee drama, that led to some friction, obviously. Oh, I'm, I'm so shocked. Wait, her book's out? Yeah, her book is out. I bought oh, it. Oh, I gotta go read that. <laughs> I, I like, bookmarked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, it starts off with an introduction to the, the play itself. We kind of just get tossed right into the, the action. Like, it's already in the middle of happening. And Will's, like, Will's already creepy as fuck just sitting in the audience just, like, okay, I know I'm not trying to take down, like, theater directors everywhere or, like, singing directors or whatever, choir directors, but, like, it's already a little creepy because you've got this grown-ass man watching all these, these children in, like, I wouldn't say, like, super, they're not in scantily clad yet, but, like, certainly they're, like, up there singing and being romantic, and he's just, like, in the audience, like, nodding and smiling, like, creepy. Like, just, like, yeah, this is it. Because it's a, it's a very sexual, like, the whole thing is very sexual. Like, Rocky Horror Picture Show, I do appreciate, almost from Jump, they're always just, like, are you sure we should be doing this? Because it's super inappropriate for children. Like, every single person says that to him. And it kind of... And he's like, nope, I have to do this to get <laughs> Emma to love me, even though... Even Emma could basically see that... Right away! Are you sure? Are you really? sure? Children? Really? And everyone keeps saying that to him, and it's finally validated in the end. But, like, only because he finally uh, understands it's wrong. Like, he would have kept at it, probably, without anybody... Like, ugh, he's... And also, he kind of doesn't. He kind of, like, ends up letting them do it anyway. So it's, it's still gross. Like, everything about... But he's just so, like, voyeur... I know that's, like, his job is to watch them and, and to give them instruction. But it's such a weirdly, like, voyeuristic thing of, like, him watching a bunch of kids performing just for him. Like, smiling all creepy with, like, there's, like, some fog and stuff. And I feel like if it was someone different than Matthew Morrison, maybe it would be a little bit less, like, ugh. But, like, he has this, like, look where he doesn't know how to turn it down. It's, so every it's time because of looks, the casting for the show where Matthew Morrison is barely older than right. most of the cast. And he's just And he and Leah a... Michelle used to date before yeah, the they, show. I was going to say, that every time they have scenes, 
together. I'm just like, you guys slept together a bunch. <laughs> this is awkward. And there's like one, I think there's a season one episode where she's like in love with Mr. Shoe. Yes. Is yeah. this not biographical? Like what's happening? I remember that from like early on, people were always gunning for, uh, like literally, literally were gunning for like a Pacey Witter style situation where they were going to actually fuck on the show. And I'm like, everyone needs to pump the shit out of the break. She is like, like supposed to be like 16 or 17. It's not okay. It was never okay for Pacey either, to be real. But like, it's just like a really fucked up thing that I think that they just let like hang there. And they never put any kind of, which is like, God, you're both actors. You should know that you need to like bottle some of that up. But they like let it, like the episodes where she has like a crush on them and everything, they like let it. They're like rolling around in the chemistry and because they're, they're like antagonistic relationship is like the type of thing where we're in a fight and then more, but not because she's sixteen and he's her teacher. And he does that with everyone. I should say it's, uh, it's, it's worse with her, but like he's a little he's creepy towards immature with everyone. Her. But he's also really inappropriate with Cory Monteith a lot. Like really, oh, yes. like like lurking around and like like running in on him when he's in the, the locker room. The show opens up with him like sneaking up on him in the shower. Yes, and, and it's he, like he, what? Play, he plants drugs on him. At least the, at least the pilot it was like <laughs> it was a dark comedy in the pilot, which that, is fine. Is, that that is not at this point. Yeah, it, it was works. A teach lesson. It works on Ryan Murphy's shows. Like I said, I mentioned Popular. I think that's the show where it worked because it was an actual like, in many ways, almost almost like a sap like a satirical view of high school. Yeah. This is not that. I mean, they may have started it that way, but they immediately were like, no, people are- It got popular. Nope. Yeah, all the normal people, all the normies like it. We can't do it. We have to make it, like, weird. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. So they had to make it, like, a completely, like, cookie cutter, just, like, like a bunch of, like- I mean, it's definitely still weird all the way up to the end, I'm sure. But, like, it definitely felt a lot more clean than his other things. Like, you would not necessarily- It lost its bite. You would not necessarily recognize the fingerprints of Ryan Murphy- that other things, even things that he's only, like, tangentially related to have uh, a major, even just the casting felt, like, the more it went on, too many, like, regular people were in it. It just did not feel, like, not to say that, like, you can't have not, he just, he can't, he tends to cast, like, odder people for certain things, and that works. Or even just, like, how the casting in American Horror Story with, like, great actors, great character actors, like, the casting on this show is very, like, obvious, yeah, and I think the first bunch of people has their own, like, has that little quirky, like, Ryan Murphy vibe. So the main cast, I mean, I, I would say, I would debate Matthew Morrison, though, but whatever. But, like, among them, they mostly have, like, a little bit of, like, they're a little goofy. But, like, like zoom out one level by, like, the seventh or the fifth or sixth, seventh seasons and stuff, or whatever, however long. They're all Ford Oper Street. Yeah, exactly. And it's a bunch of people that are incredibly, like, straightforward, just traditionally talented singers and, and that's this is fine, not offense but... to melissa benoist or grant gustin <laughs> yeah and it does not it does not work for this show at all it just it just comes across as like they're they're cruel like even like the scenes with sue like it, it feels immediately like way too cruel because the rest of the characters are not on the same level like it feels like she's just being awful to people instead of just being awful to other awful yeah, people. Like, her Sue's <laughs> Corner at the beginning, she's just, like, I zoned out because she was just ranting about nonsense. Oh, that was utter nonsense. We'll get to that it's in a like, second. It's Ugh. like a reverse Jerry from Parks and Rec where, like, everyone is so, like, sweet and everyone on Glee is, like, so optimistic and they're like, we can do it, y'all. Like, we got this. Like, we're gonna win sectionals or whatever. And then Sue comes in and, like, the to- it's, like, combining two completely different show tones where... The show that it became, like y'all were talking about, is 
kind of this like more normalized, optimistic, like underdog story. And then right. she's still this person like left over from the other show that they probably would have only done like three seasons of, but I wager it might have been a better show. And I think yeah. that the problem was they couldn't really like like they eased out Will's wife because that was too insane. But like what like you and and same goes for I think um his face uh i'm just thinking of i can't even think ned ryerson it's not ned ryerson um sandy oh, uh sandy whatever his last sandy. name was yeah i can't think of his last name T- tobolowski i want to say like <laughs> apple bomber whatever. yeah he's like a, he was the oh, original no, on the show it had a, he had a weird last name on the show yeah so whatever his he was he was like the weird original version of will schuster who was the the uh, choir coach which again inappropriate because he was literally like fucking with kids yeah, he, like yeah. Oof. But, like, so that aside, like, once they get rid of him, like, and the wife, and, like, certain other aspects, they kind of sweep some of the weirdness under the rug. But when you have Sue, the reason they couldn't get rid of Sue the same way is because Jane Lynch yeah, is a very interesting per- yeah, character yeah, actor, and a everything. lot of people relate to her just as a funny, ca- like, a person. So they couldn't get rid of her and have a successful show. I think she was a huge part of why the show was successful. And but they- then that became a detriment to the show when they're like, Let's try to find a way to shoehorn Sue into everything. Every single plot, yeah. yeah it's like it's it's kind of like if, if you're driving a car and three of your wheels go out and one of them's working really well, you can keep driving, but you might be better off driving with no wheels because you get like further. The only, the only reason she's actually the, uh, the villain in this episode is just because she misinterpreted the live screening of uh, uh, Rocky Horror with a toast. I have, question, I have questions about that, sister. too. Yeah, it's weird. But so, so let's, let's get, all right, so we're, we're into the, we're watching it. Like, there's not much to say besides if you've seen Rocky Horror, then they continue the first little bit. Um, they get interrupted, though, because uh, I think it's, like, within the last couple episodes, uh, Emma's been dating John Stamos um, as Carl. Dr. Carl, I know, right? Dr. Carl, and he's, like, just storms on stage and just says, you're messing with my girl, that kind of thing. It's kind of just like an, and then you're. I bet you're wondering how I got here, and it's like, oh my god, it's the worst. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's so horrible. Like, how did I get here? First of all, you're an idiot. That's some how. fucking like '80s like nonsense. And so it flashes I, back. Yep, I can't Glee. remember if Glee like usually has voiceovers, and I know. I mean, I know like Rachel's had voiceovers and stuff, but I was just like, oh, this seems like a weird episode to have that in it. Oh, I think they'll not write voiceovers the... post season one, and then they're like, and then whenever they would randomly come in, it's like, well, that doesn't work. No, they they <laughs> used them heavily in the first season. I thought, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like the pilot had it at least, and it it worked in parts because it was like it helped like with keeping the weirdness because you got to see into his brain because a lot of the stuff that Will does is nonsensical, and you need oh, yeah. someone to explain to you why he's doing it. Because there's you no know way that... to really explain why he's doing this here, and he gets a voiceover at the beginning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's so true, because, like, he does some stuff that, like, truly makes no sense, literally makes no sense, because he's just, well, we know why, he's, like, fucking hot for Emma, always, but, like, truly it is nonsensical action, so without him describing, like, his background and why he was doing it, you kind of come across, like, he's a maniac, and, and instead he is just a maniac, but we just, we get, usually we get more reason into why. There's no defending why he's a maniac <laughs> here, though. no. And so it flashes back to how it all started, and him and Emma are better. having oh, him and Emma are having lunch. She forgot to cut her crust off, so clearly she's like wildly in love, which is just 
already I was like annoyed because I was like, oh. Oh yeah, he does voiceover again to be like, I can't believe Stamos fixed her. Oh my god, so this is yes. Yeah, he says in his voiceover about him. Well, she mentions that she they saw Rocky Horror. Her and her her boyfriends, John Stamos, went and saw Rocky Horror, which is like. Describing a perfect night out, really. <laughs> Going to see Rocky Horror with John Stamos would probably that be the perfect night out, delightful. <laughs> so then he's like, he's make actually making her better. He's winning, and I was like, what? Yeah, because she was toxic masculinity. Like fixing her, it's like yeah, that's not good. He it's says making her better, and his he's protege winning. Finn was always about making uh, Rachel, you know, not a nerd. He, he always wanted to change her too. That's why they're, you know, they're perfect for each other. Oh, Finn I and fucking hated there. it. Hated that it. That whole that whole through line of okay, Glee sucks in so many ways for discussing trying to discuss like issues, but I the through line of like Emma having some kind of OCD and then at like. Will repeatedly trying to fix her of that. I'm like, guys, that's not how like mental health issues work. Number one, like you can't fix another person. Have we seen you're the worst? We're too like early in life for that. But right. I he's think... saying cool plays. I will try to fix you. Exactly. To her. <laughs> I was just thinking about that in throughout this whole episode because Fucking it's trash. so it's just so like fucked up, and I don't understand in because. This is, it's not like Glee does this once and then realizes, oh, we should, like, probably stop. This is, like, a thing that Glee brings up all the time. Oh, and they, they, they love it. Like, it is. They love, like, they're like, oh my gosh, butter. we can fix each other. I feel like they even bring it up with, like, Artie and Tina at times, too. Yeah. Like, he's in a fucking wheelchair. Like, it's okay to sometimes be like, I can't get this fixed. Like, it's, it's a very dangerous thing to sometimes be, like... I can fix you and make you just like me. It's like, it's not, yeah, you don't want that. The whole point that. is supposed to be accepting how they're different. And they're, and they're Which trying is to ironic. Like yeah. Fix everyone. They don't do that <laughs> at all. And then even in this scene, like, he's saying it, not only is he saying it like, I want to fix her, but, or, or Carl is succeeding in fixing her, he describes it as he's winning. Which is, Ugh. to me, it's like, winning what? Her? As an object? I'm like, oof. I'm like, this is just right in the beginning. It's just like the, the fourth line is him saying this, basically. And it's like, oh, God. This so that's how we begin this episode. That's where he's at, mentally. And then she describes how great it was to go to Rocky Horror Picture Show because it let her, like, relax because she hates Halloween because she has a... And also, even the OCD thing, I always felt like they treated it with such, like, weird, like, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like, kid gloves or something, where they made it so intensely serious, where, and it is serious, it's, she has, like, some I mental mean, illness, I but could... I guess it's just, they're treating it like she's got, like, you know, like, she's literally, like, a, a leper or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I'm trying to fix you and help you get better, it's like, she's living her life, she's a grown woman, she's a doing okay, like, maybe- I, mean, I should... appreciate that as, like, a Ryan Murphyism, I just didn't appreciate really- the fixing things. I feel like uh, having the intense OCD falls in kind of line with what the show was, at least. Yeah. It, Will's it, it's, incessant it's, need to fix her, though. Yeah, it's, they treat it like it's a, a disease versus... Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It's not really a disease in the same sense that it's not contagious in the way that he's treating it. Like, it's almost like, I want to... really function as a person to become, like, a teacher. It's probably a better teacher than Will, because Will's an awful Oh, teacher. for sure. And it, it, basically what I'm saying is he he, just, he treats it like she's basically walking around with, like... Hazmat suit on? Face, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, like, a face mask or something crazy like that. Like, she is truly ill in a way that's hindering her from being happy. I don't think that's really necessarily the case, but... 
Um, it's yet to be seen because she seems to be as into him as she, as he is her, and yet they still continue to date and marry and be married to other people. <laughs> so I don't understand that. But so either way, so she's she recognizes it right away when he when he mentions like, okay, well, Rocky Horror Picture. What a what a coincidence! I'm having the kids put on a show of Rocky Horror Picture. You should help with, like being a consultant on it, basically. And she's like, right away, that's completely inappropriate for children. And he's like, high five, and then leaves the room. Like, pretty much just says, like, too bad, I'm going to make some edits and it'll be fine. Like, no. Making edits does not make it fine, as we noted from watching the episode. The edits don't work. And also, I think she even, she might say something to this regard, but like, how how are you going to edit the entire thing? Because literally, like, from start to finish, Rocky Horror is very adult. and That's like the point of it. Yeah, and it's like you're supposed to be relishing your outcast as an adult, necessarily. Maybe that, like an adult team. A bunch of adults in with children. <sighs> and it's not, it's, that. it's not like they're teenagers going to a Rocky Horror movie screening. This is like bringing it into like people's lives that like are not in a place where they need that. Because usually, if you were going to those, you'd be seeking something more adult because you're a mature ch- like a teen. Honestly, but like these are. So- is basically the opposite of Will and Grace's um, Sound of Music episode. <laughs> it is. Oh my god. Pretty much. In terms of quality and <laughs> using the premise <laughs> properly. You are dead You're dead on, including the theater actor background for most of them. But uh, yeah, so he uh, he announces to the Glee Club then, and I love this, this is, I guess, maybe a Ryan Murphyism in the sense that, like, even the kids are a little scandalized. <laughs> like, what? This is kind of uh, inappropriate for us. Whereas a lot of kids in like other shows, they'd probably be like, oh, cool. Like, this is, like, adult. They're like, no, I don't think this is appropriate for our young, palatable minds. <laughs> like, I mean, of course, Rachel's the one who's saying this is inappropriate, so of course they don't listen. It's... And it makes sense that the children wouldn't really actually know what it is, because they were children. Right, and it's not yeah. like their kids, like, well, I guess maybe they're kind of our age group, but, like, they're a little younger than us, I think. And it just seems, yeah. like, completely unrealistic. Because I've never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. I know it based off of, like, clips and, like, you know, popular culture references. You should but... see it and erase this. I probably will one day, <laughs> but it's one of those things where I... And I will agree with the show that the pacing is all off. Yeah, they have a lot of weird critiques about it all at large, too, which I found actually nice, but also just very Which makes me odd. think that this was not Ryan Murphy's love story to this at all. I feel like Ryan Murphy hates Rocky Horror. And this is his way and of just telling how... everybody about it, probably. <laughs> I would not be shocked by that, either. Well, I... So, I, I love... Watching this season of Glee, like, even this episode was very, like, a weird, confusing reminder for me because I I still really loved the show at this point. Yeah. Like, I I was, like, I, y'all were talking about the Britney Spears episode. We were talking about it earlier. And it, I loved that episode. Like, I just remember being, oh, like, I was oh, just Brittany, watching like, it's from a- that episode, the, like, the other day with friends. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I, this was still at a point where I really loved Glee. And so I remember I was, like, okay, I've never seen Rocky Horror, but I'm going to watch it. So I can like understand what's going on in this episode, <laughs> and I watched Rocky Horror. Like, bless your heart. This is so shameful. This is the most shameful thing in my life. Um, and I re- like I borrowed it from the library, and I just Aww. like watched it, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is really fun. It's funny. The music's really catchy. I like really enjoyed it. And then I and I've only like I've only seen it once or twice, maybe after that. But I remember then sitting down to watch this episode, and I was just like, oh, they missed it. Like, did we watch the same movie? And that was a weird, that was, like, a weird moment. That was one of, I think that was one of the first, like, cognitive dissonance moments. And definitely not the last with the show. But one of those things where I was just like, oh, this show, like, doesn't always, like, it's not really getting it right. And then 
season two, like I still really love parts of season two. Just this episode is rough. Mm. And then this probably previews like the rest of my experience with Glee where like I quit it. I tried to quit it so many times and I never could. And then finally like something terrible would happen and I'd quit and then I'd read about something else and I'd like go back and rewatch and it wouldn't seem as bad. And then something else would happen. And eventually I was like, okay, I just can't. It was a, terrible relationship Aww. i have to stop well i think it. that that's it's it's tough because it's like one of those things if you're interested in this style of tv show this is it's almost hitting every little like notch when you're younger but then when you're older you start to not i wouldn't say like older older but like when you get some space between you and the show you start to realize like oh it actually isn't achieving what it's trying to achieve it, it's attempting things new interesting things but th- i think it fails in a lot of like there's Moments that it's... I love... I mean, the first season is very, very watchable, and I think the pilot is very successful at, like, making me want to watch that show, but this is not the same show. I didn't say... I didn't see a lot of season two is still watchable. Yeah. I, I think I quit sometime around when there was, like, some bird died or something. I don't remember. <laughs> like, I quit it. Oh, my God. Yeah, Kurt's bird dies. Actually, no, I'm going to take that back on season two. <laughs> Mostly not. <laughs> Quickly, though. I'm sorry. I think... Uh, season two is the season that introduced uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, oh, so never mind. Jesus. But I even really... things I enjoy, I'm taking it away because of that. <laughs> I really liked her in the show. I remember being like, wrong. "Okay, like You're I got wrong. you." I'm I would have to rewatch this entire show. She was the worst of all. God. She sounds like Chris Colfer. Oh, <laughs> that might be true. Well, I the interesting thing about thinking about this show too is like. I think it hit me. I think I was like the person who I understand like why I have responses to this show still or like why when I watched it, I like connected so deeply to it because I had like moved. I'd started college during the first season and my friends on our dorm, like the first thing that we did together as friends was we would watch the show on Monday nights and it was like, like appointment television. We would all sit in my friend's dorm room and like watch the show. And it was like funny and smart. And I felt like I could really relate to some of the feelings of like, kind of not knowing where my place was and also really loving like singing and theater Mm -hmm. and being in a new space. And so I probably like hung on way longer than I should have just because it reminded me of like those new feelings of being in a new place. And for so long, it was like what I associated with my friends. Like this is an activity we would do together. That is I mean, on the same hand, like, we also watched Community, and so Community became a way better show, and then also had a strange, like, trajectory. Um, so I well, think I was, about those two shows I was going to bring that up, too. I mean, I, I bring up now instead of later, but I think that what's ironic to me is that the Community episode, or I think it's one episode, but the episode that yeah. spoofs this uh, is actually closer to the type of show that it was trying to be in the beginning than the show ever actually attained. So yeah. Yeah. it's very, like self-reflexive and goofy and bizarre and dark like weirdly dark like in a great way yeah bus crash dark and like they cause the bus crash and they get arrested like there's a whole bunch of stuff in that that if you want to go back and watch it you don't have to love it i don't love every episode every scene of that episode of, of uh community but like it's really really you don't love every scene of that episode it's a pretty great it episode. is i think the annie stuff is a little bit ugh, but that's mostly just because i have issues with annie in general at times but like i think that like Truly, like that is one of those. I bet, I, Rachel, Mr. Shoe Shippers, love that. Oh, scene. exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it is so like it did a really good job of parodying. And at least that's intentional. 
Whereas Glee. Yeah. And she's actually like legitimately old enough. Not not that I'm a huge fan of the Jeff and Annie, but at least she was always like consenting I age. Tell. I tell <laughs> really? But yeah. So <laughs> like but regardless of that, like I find I find like what's ironic is that kind of if you're ever wondering what you know, Glee, I thought was I was going to be watching is basically that episode of Community. Is like a hundred percent because that's to me, that ironically, is that Community's episode of of Glee feels almost like very popular in a way as well, where it's just very like insular. And I almost feel like there's episodes of popular that do like a really grandiose like like the uh, Christmas episode, for example, like they do like the really um, what do you call them? Like they're like set pieces or something where it's big theatrical. Event. Uh, season two of Popular has an episode with where uh, Bobby Glass creates a musical, an STD musical, like based on exactly. Cabaret. So <laughs> go back and watch that if you want to know what I was tuning yeah. in for, because I was a huge Popular fan, and I like literally remember hearing. I mean, I'll get real. I think when this episode, not episode, this um, show first premiered. It was actually the screener of the pilot for a long time ahead of when it even showed up on, on TV, yeah, along with like Chuck. the director of the pilot. And I, was, I think yeah. it was with Chuck. That's how long ago it was. Like, Chuck's pilot and this pilot leaked at the exact same time, and I watched them both back-to-back, and I was fast. I was, like, I here this for it. Like pilot, like, a million times. Me, too. I honestly watched it like it was a little movie, and I was so ready for it, because it kind of has, like, an election vibe, and then it has, like, a little bit, like... Like, a uh, Clueless or something. Like, it has a weird... Like, it has a million different aspects I love about, like, teen entertainment. And it... it All, it like, kept... hundred of us who watched Popular were like, yes. <laughs> and it kept it... It kept it, like, pretty close to that that, that vibe. And then, like, it kind of spins out around the end of season one. And then it just keeps getting more and more insane. By season two, I was just not... Mostly because I think, honestly, the... the it becomes around now when it becomes, it tries to do certain things and it just fails at them so often. And I think I was not used to watching the shows that I liked fail on that big of respect. Like, this is a bad episode because it's not really interesting. You're not seeing enough of- to do everything and does nothing at all. I mean, that's why we're not talking about a lot of it. It's like, there's not much to talk about. <laughs> like, it's really, it's like, there are whole, like, two to three minute scenes of just singing and really, all it is is just a cover song of a Rocky Horror Picture Show song and a bad cover with the edges shaved off and auto-tune thrown up. Like, that's all it is. That's re- it's not... I didn't sign up for a show that's basically just, like, delivering us iTunes clips, like, a bit by bit. Like, that's what it became. Because everyone would just, like, refresh iTunes, like, when is it going to be available on iTunes? <laughs> so fucking stupid. I... Well, thinking about, like, how great... Because I still think the pilot is a great episode of television. Mm. And, like, the reason... The reason that it was so great, I remember, like, rewatching it and watching it over and over again. But it's because Don't Stop Believing was just a jam. Like, it was so good. And it, like, it melded and their voices sounded really great together. And they, like, kind of reinterpreted it in a new way. And I, like, but it was still very much like Don't Stop Believing, which is And it grabbed, great, it grabbed like, a song that, like, exemplifies, like, teenage freedom yeah. In a way that, like, this should, I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show in some ways should fit, but they weren't really trying to use a song from Rocky Horror Picture Show to exemplify it. They were just trying to just repeat random lines from Rocky Horror yeah. Picture Show and, like, spoof it. This is when we were at, yeah, the phase of the show where it's like, the songs no longer have any the- thematic reason to exist. And I remember it was, because uh, the Madonna episode was first season, and they said after that that, you know, we're not going to do any songs that don't serve, like, the narrative or the theme anymore. And then they said that with Britney, and that was all Britney was. And then that was all this is, too. 
So it's like, okay, yeah, I think that was when we all realized to never trust right. Brian Murphy's word. Because oh, man, and it bumped, I, uh, there were times when I thought, like, okay, I don't like this as much, but it, it'll win me back. Like, I love Kurt singing Rose's turn so much, and I think it's a struggle to, like, you, you would go a couple episodes and think, like, okay, this is becoming just people singing songs, and that's not necessarily what I'm interested in, but then, like, they'd do one really good one because it was almost, like, we ran out of things to do that week, and they would, like, let, not that they wouldn't let the cast member, but they would basically pick a random song that would showcase a cast member thematically, and it would succeed on a level where it was, like, what the show was in the beginning. But the thing is, I don't think it's necessarily even their fault, because the pro- the reason why the pilot's so good is they're able to spend so much time finding specific songs that, like, showcase how good the cast is at their own, like, little, like, moments in, like, time. Like, it kind of gives you an insight into each of these people as people, and it makes them look like these big, fleshed-out characters. But when you go week to week, it's just so much work for them to be constantly trying to find a new song here and there, so they would just depend on all these, like, the Britney-themed week and the Madonna-themed week, and then the, the you know, the, it was, like, you know, Motown week or something like that, or Rocky Horror week. And it became less about the characters and more about them just repeating songs verbatim, and it's not... Or being a giant like music video right. recreation oh like, yeah not like i think even though the that Britney was madonna Spears that started that i think yeah and that's fun i mean i i like i liked seeing it but it's it also is weird in a television show where you're like okay but i'm trying to be invested in these characters it's like what i think crazy ex-girlfriend does this so well where things like match and even if she even if she was doing cover songs like even if rachel bloom had decided to do covers like, it's all based so deeply in character and, like, moments and feelings, and it that's why it works. Instead of, like, some, especially in this episode, I was like, oh, so we're just going to have a song now? Like, what's, how does this relate to anything else that's going on? It doesn't. At least uh, in the Britney one where, like, they're recreating videos, like, they, it, they're actually very, very, very yeah. good recreations. Yeah, and of course. episode is really a great highlight for both Naya Rivera and, and I think Morris. The, the struggle is that this is the point where it switches off from being curated playlists of songs to just playlists of songs. And that's not the same thing as, like, yeah. I, I, that's not an interesting show. It's just, like I mentioned, I, I, I dig it. I don't like The Voice, for example. I know a lot of people do, and that's cool. It's a prerogative. But, like, I used to be all about The Voice until the wrong people won again and again. <laughs> I, I see. I don't, oh. I've never liked competitive singing shows pretty much at all. So, like, I, I find stuff like that, like, hard to, like, my parents sometimes will be watching it, and they'll be like, come watch this amazing performance. And I'm like, uh-huh. So I'll go over and watch <laughs> it, and it's just, like, a dude singing. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like... I like live performance, but I'm just not here to watch it every single day. Like, it's just not what I'm interested in. And I think that Glee went too far into the route of, like, an American Idol, almost. Like, where it was just, like, they used the, like, they it's like they like they found all the goofy, quirky people that don't get voted yes on, on American Idol, and then went, went back to their hometown and then tried to figure out what their lives were like. And that's exactly what the show is by, like, season three. Because I also compared to American Idol because it essentially just became karaoke for money. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, like, so even in, so in this episode, we're, we're at the point now where Emma acknowledges that it's bad for kids and they are strictly like, okay, that's cool, but we want to, we still want to, like, check, like, cash in on that iTunes money, so we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. So they go forward. He gets permission slips from their parents, which is like, at least he had, like, good looking out, Will Schuster. You knew that if you didn't get those. He said he got permission slips. I don't know if I trust that. (laughs) True. But at least he knew that he could probably get sued if he didn't. So I'm like, at least you have that, like, foresight, maybe. And then, so he's also saying that he's going to perform, they're going to perform it on the stage and charge admission so that they 
can use it to go to nationals, which is just... In New York! <sighs> I do like that. It always makes me think of Community too, which is why it skewered it so, so thoroughly, because it's so associated with it. But, like, the, the whole, like, we're going to go to regionals to get to directionals to go to nationals is <laughs> just, like, nonsense. Like, it was gibberish. I know that there's obviously a very easy dichotomy for it, but I prefer to, like... Like, it just truly seems like every time they get to one, there's something higher, and it's, like, this weird, like, snake-eating itself or Bora situation. <laughs> it freaks me out. But and so also, yeah. I was reading the comments for this episode uh, on the AV Club review, and it's, I guess the review or something mentioned how they were going to nationals, and yet that wasn't even, like, a thing yet. <laughs> and then someone was like, oh, wait, but Ryan Murphy said at Comic-Con they're going to nationals. So there's, like, there's not even any dramatic, like... Of course! no drama in anything We're anymore, not- because it's just... We're not watching a show where they only get to sectionals. Come on. I mean, they're no, they're no longer the underdogs. It's like they have to go to nationals. It's not that's not an underdog story. That means that they're beating people successfully. It's stupid. But so I do okay, I do remember though in this finale when they go to New York, the reason they lose is cuz Rachel and Finn make out on stage. Did they really? Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah. This is like their it's like their reconciliation kiss and they like thing. I think this is the season where, like, somebody has an original song. I don't oh, know. I remember the original songs. Yes. Oh, my God. And then they, like, mac it out. <laughs> picture under, like, me. Song, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people love the original songs, but picture me, like, watching this show, and then they start talking about original songs, and then they premiere them. Imagine me, like, literally pulling a parachute and dropping the fuck <laughs> out of the show. Like, it was just like, nope, I don't want this at all. And I, I say that liking crazy ex-girlfriend a, a good amount but i just i'm not necessarily here for original songs especially on a show like this because they were not successful at it in my opinion i, don't know, I mean me. the thing about the original songs for the show too is that obviously they had the original songs that they performed at, at nationals but the ones that they made like leading up to them like britney's classic song my cup oh i love uh, that song exactly God. were so much more entertaining and let's like because they were like stupid songs that clearly teenagers would come up with. The, the final product, the of no. course. <laughs> it was so good. I still like, listen to that as bad as the gym. Not, not in a million. I, I'm like fuming over here. I'm not. You, <laughs> yeah, if you played that, like, usual is like Glee's sanitized, overly produced thing. So even the fun of them having to come up with original songs was ruined by Glee being Glee. Yeah, because it didn't come. It didn't come across as like an. Uh, amateur hour it came across like people with heavy produced content make new original songs i'm like this is stupid what i'm saying like, is they should have performed house and not in my cup <laughs> ah, all right so i feel like they're playing like somewhere in guantanamo they're playing cup <laughs> and someone's screaming out like enough but uh yeah so so finn uh, also like when he's also introducing the, the students to this Quinn, like, shuts, I think it's, like, Santana or someone up and explains what Rocky Horror Picture Show is. And I was like, in what world does Quinn Fabray watch Rocky Horror Picture Show? I'm like, I don't well, buy that at all. Don't you remember that Quinn is an outcast because she had a baby and she was fat then? Just like Mercedes. <sighs> Not in a million years. That, that was an episode, by the way. I, uh... She even she's bonded because Quinn was pregnant, which made her fat now. I fucking hate this show. <laughs> that was supposed to be the first season. I think that was in the first season. <sighs> this also, is probably a thing, but I was here. Let me check real quick what episode that was. Okay. I was rereading like some character bios before we started this podcast because I was trying to remember the 
like through lines of people's characters. And man, Quinn's storylines make no sense. <laughs> no. She, so she's pregnant and she gives her baby up. Then Rachel's mom, Shelby, takes the baby Beth. Beth, because of the song tie in that they were singing. Get fucked. And then at because some point. So because of Kiss, her child's name was Beth. <laughs> and so, okay, but then she at one point's like, wait, I want that baby back. Why? And then that so baby. she tries to prove that Shelby's a bad mom. And then she, like, disappears because Diana Agron was like, okay, I gotta get myself out of this. Like, this is not a good place. And then she and Santana have sex, too. Like, a bunch of stuff happened I forgot Wait, about. Wait, Quinn slept with Santana? Yeah, at the wedding also, where everyone had sex. What? After Brittany decided she was straight, right? I, no, I think this was after Heather Morris went to have a baby. I gotta watch this show again. <laughs> it sounds like well, I, I I'm like fascinated. Those, by... those are like the last things that I remember watching because Rachel was dating a gigolo. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. What? I, did, I never watched this far, and I did not know she was dating a gigolo. Or did yeah. I? Holy I was just shit! About gigolo. Um, that guy. He kind of looks like a dinosaur. I can't remember his name. Dean Geyer, but like he answered, but also like he definitely looks like a dinosaur. That's what I'm that. saying. He's also South African and Australian. What? Oh. So you didn't know that, I guess. He's good at accents, guys. Hire Dean <laughs> Geyer. I remember he was in Terra Nova with dinosaurs. His family. Yes, that's why I thought of dinosaurs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so 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 getting back to the episode at hand, uh, Finn is practicing with Rachel after they've been introduced to it, and he's insecure about his body because he has to be shirtless in his underwear. And this is like again, this is a conversation where one, okay, body issues are important. It's good for kids to discuss them openly and and show good role models on TV. Yes, but two. It's like reiterating the fact that this is a completely inappropriate play or musical to put on for kids because they shouldn't have to be naked in front of an entire crowd of people. They're way too young to put on that kind of pressure. First of all, they're making changes. He's only playing Brad. They can just make it like uh, him and his quote-unquote tidy whities as he keeps saying, and an undershirt. Yeah. Literally all they need to do. And they just refuse because they want to see those children naked, which is just like, What? That's the that's the hill you're gonna die on is keeping the kids mostly naked. Like you I could at Sam, least cover them up. Ugh. You have to go jump ahead one Sam's like, can I get some gold board shorts? Why can't he get some gold board shorts? He was had no problem showing off his abs. It was just the the shorts were so short. It's everything about it. Like whoever got those shorts too is like, what are they doing? Like what's happening that we are watching these children i mean again like i cannot reiterate enough i know most of them are adults playing children but like they keep talking about how they're all kids and stressed in school so it's just it's a really and i know the demographic was a lot of teenagers watching this show so it's really fucked up to me to like put them front and center and say like it's a cool thing for your your teachers to pressure you to do things you're not comfortable with like it's one thing to say like to challenge yourself as a student it's a different thing to say to get naked in front of (laughs) Huge audience. Like, it's weird. And no one, no one stops it. It just keeps happening. Everyone keeps questioning Will. And Will somehow, like, the teachers, the three teachers that are, like, major, I guess four or five, but, like, the three main ones, I guess, will be Will, Emma, and Sue. They have so much power in this school. 
even though they're constantly being the undercut, does nothing. but they're constantly still being like punished and undercut by him. But either way, like they're constantly being able to do these types of things. Like Sue is like basically treats herself like she's like vice principal, and she's not. I don't think. I mean, I've never heard that she was vice principal until she becomes principal. Oh, Jesus, I didn't watch that part, so that's fucked up. <laughs> Oh my god, I hate the show. Um. So anyway, so Sue. In the <laughs> really meantime, right. the show? Uh, so Sue. After well, I should say we're getting back to the, the Finn and Rachel at practice. She just reassures him that he's very cute, just like she's cute. I actually like the fact that they had her say like, "Look, I don't look like Brittany or um, Santana or whoever." But she's like, "But I, you know, I'm hot." And he's like, "Yeah, you are." She's like, so, "That's you know. like after a season and a half of him always being like, why can't you be more like Brittany or Santana?'" <laughs> it's just so fucked. So fun. But I like that her confidence is not, like, he, he doesn't question it. it. It just, like, it exists, and that's okay to happen. That that was nice. One, like, highlight. And then he's still, even after she reassures him, he kind of says, like, okay, cool, I get it. Like, I'm going to be a little more comfortable with it. You kind of, it goes back to them practicing, but he still has, like, a panic look in his eye. Like, he's not really okay with it. And then it cuts to um, Sue's news report, and Sue, again, this is, it's a parody of, of, of teens of teen shows, so it's able to do whatever the fuck it feels like. But the fact that like a random coach for a, a high school, <laughs> whatever team, I guess football team or whatever she coaches, cheerleading. Like, oh, cheerleading coach. So a random cheerleading coach is able to get like a, a corner on the cape like network news. It's just nonsense. Like I why? Mean, this is why I'm Ohio. Oh, come on. But also like. They don't have a lot going on in this. In I live in a small town. They have going on. We don't have that kind of. I don't know. I think their market is probably close enough to like a random Ohio like city that they're not going to get that kind of news. But whatever. Well, I mean, so I'm going to J school in a small place, and they let the students like run the newscast. So I mean, I I was like, this feels weirdly familiar that a random human being is going to have <laughs> a bunch of like spaces and moments to say whatever they want that's like kind of inappropriate but also not but the dystopia created in this show allows it i would be more comfortable if it was clearly like a student-run network or something and then she just but has her not. partner it's like two adults like news like anchors like throwing to sue i'm like no but either way i guess you're supposed to be buying like of lima ohio just let them do whatever the fuck they feel like because <laughs> she's got this like you know sue's corner where she gives her thoughts on like the, like, literally, like, gives her thoughts as broad as, like, children in the 20th century. Like, it's really weird. Like, children have, have lost their way. I'm like, why? Well, she'd be happy the show ended before Trump. Oh, for real. So, she... And she... Hamilton. Oh, my God. Oh, God. oh, my God. Every night we should go to bed and be thankful for that. <laughs> God. Um, I don't want to know... I don't want to see Will Schuster rapping ever again. Never. Never. They oh, my God. They would make him rap. They would make him be Hamilton, though. His rapping... He would have been Hamilton. Although I could see Naya Rivera killing Satisfied. It would oh be my dope. no! No, let's, right, not, well, let's not. Let's like, not. Kind of we should. She should just go to Broadway. We don't need to think about her in this show involving Hamilton. <laughs> don't ruin that for me. I'll have nightmares. But so she's just to bring back Glee right now. Yeah. Oh, it is. I will say the news report is obviously meant to be kind of silly because they cut from like two monkeys getting married to Sue. So it was very like you know it's like honky tonk like here's what's happening in our small town and they throw to sue and sue goes into this weird rant about halloween and she's like it's halloween when little boys dress like little girls which is just like what and little girls dress like whores (laughs) jesus christ and she says bring back fear 
lie to your children, tell them that daddy's a zombie, and get them, like, right again. Like, it is the most nonsensical rant. And I don't find it... I mean, maybe it's because it's been a bit since I watched the show, and I was, like, less... In a while. Yeah. Uh, it's been, like, there's a little less shine on the rose or whatever, but, like, I find it so unfunny and, like, boring and stupid that her rant goes on about, like, scaring your <laughs> I children. I think at this point everyone was like, that's enough Sue's corner. <sighs> but so she she's, like, ranting, 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 and it, it eventually she leaves and she goes back to her office and starts carving a pumpkin afterwards, and then Barry Boswick and Meatloaf show up, which is obviously the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show cameos from the cast of the actual movie, and they're the cable news guys who are trying to offer her a bigger, you know, scope of audience if she gets everybody upset about the fact that they're doing a Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, staging at, at the uh, high school. And she seems shocked because she didn't, she didn't know about it, but, like, why do these guys randomly know about that? It's, like, a really weirdly specific because thing for them. Because cameos, Maura. Yeah. That's literally it. And or she... I was thinking maybe, like, they're just, re- there's, like, they're, like, those PC police people who just, like, know everything that <laughs> could be potentially going on, so they're, like, just Google refreshing, like, looking for something to be mad about. Yeah. The rights to whatever, just to make. Maybe Rachel blogged about it. I feel like she blogs a lot about her glee. Maybe. Oh, oh my god. I Thank god we never... Also, it's this kind of... Glee happened just before, like, vlogging and all that stuff got really, 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 really big. So I'm also thankful that we didn't have to watch, like, weird insert vlogs of... Ra- I think they still even did it, but it was, like, I mean, a smaller version. What's his version. name? Uh, Jufro. He was, like, had, like, a video blog or whatever. Or was oh, a podcast. I don't know. I know who you're talking about, I think, but I don't remember. I, oh, like, yeah! I, I'm pretty sure they called him Jufro, so I, I'm not, I'm not sure, like, just saying Jufro oh. like an asshole. <laughs> Fuck this show. Uh, but yeah, so, so anyway, so she she gets this, like, offer from them, and she's like, oh, I, I've always hated Rocky Horror Picture Show because she took her disabled sister to the show, and they got so upset they threw toast at her sister. And I guess this is supposed to be, like, a misinterpretation, because if anyone's yeah. ever heard of Rocky Horror Picture Show screenings, they throw toast, they do a bunch of weird, like, odd stuff like that because it's, like, part of the show. But it's confusing here because it seems like she's treating it like they were upset with her sister being there that they threw a toast but were they like like yelling at her or they throwing the toast at her it's because clearly, yeah, it's clearly she just completely misinterpreted it it's weird it's a weird you had to be more direct about it it's like she should have said we were like walking in the front to find a seat or something like the idea that she could misinterpret everyone throwing toast at the screen versus like at her sister is just nonsense also the fact like, people who don't know anything about those live shows would just not understand it at all True, but also, like, on another level, it, 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 if you're from, and again, I've never even seen it, but I know enough about it from, the like, cultural relevance, is that I know just her description of it about how they're throwing toast and, like, how they didn't like her sister. Now, I don't want to be conjecture about, like, every, every audience, or I don't want to generalize about every audience that sees this, because I'm sure that there are some shitty audiences, but the whole point of those shows is usually that, like, they're incredibly welcoming to outsiders. They're not going to attack some random disabled like, sister. They, she'd be more welcome there than anywhere is the whole point, really. And I don't think that, like, that that should have landed a little more. Because, again, like, this audience is mostly, I think, aimed at, like, teenagers to college kids, I would say, watching Glee. So, like, if you're not familiar with Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is probably, like, most people, they're not going to understand that that's actually, like, a really that's supposed to be the joke is that her sister would have been welcome there and she's misinterpreting it, but that kind of lands flat. And I think it really, it's, it's, it suffers for it because the rest of the episode, Sue seems like 
needlessly insane, but also, like, Why weirdly... just over something she misinterpreted in the first place? And it's important to know that, I think, because it kind of comes across, like, when she finally, like, her cards fall and she understands that the musical's supposed to be, like, welcoming, it's supposed to... It doesn't have any kind of gravity. Like, it just seems sort of like, oh, I guess the shoe dropped. Like, shrug, moving on. Like, it's really... Her whole role is basically relegated to be, like, the toothless villain for no reason. But so, she shows up at the rehearsal while they're just randomly singing another shitty song, which is just an auto-tuned version of one of their... I think it was Damn It, Janet or something. And, um... I also, like, a little minor thing... I mean, they, they had to do auto-tuning because Cory Montes was the one singing. <laughs> but, like... The auto tune. We're allowed to say he was a shitty singer. Yes, I know. We're allowed to say it. (laughs) Change. Okay, I don't think that he's all. I don't think he's that bad of a singer, though. He's not as bad as he was at the beginning. At this point. But I just think these. The thing that's weird about these songs is like they're not. They're not really like showy, like singing songs. They're like funny plot comedy. Like, yeah, they're not polished, and yet Glee is the most polished show. It's a really weird combination of things. Like, the... Because, like, I... Damn Janet, when I watched it in the movie, was like, oh, yeah, like, this is trying to get across all these, like, character plot points. It makes sense. But then making it... But the way that Glee, like, removes all the context of all the songs, then you're like, but this is not... This doesn't really make sense. And then so he's just, like, singing it around the classroom, like, drag hearts on the whiteboard not sounding great because it's not really like a song where you're supposed to be like look at me i'm a, an amazing singer it's like it's and weird they... having all of these vignettes not actually as the show like i don't know if them doing like a full show of it would have been better but i think about like how later in a bunch of later seasons like when marley shows up they do grease and grease came off a lot better because they did it kind of like a stage play of Greece in the episode where they did like things more chronologically and it just flowed like a ton better and the thing about uh, I'm not having the strongest voice either is because later when they do time warp he they give Finn uh, what should be Colfer's uh, yeah what was that I always found that weird too I'm like this is not the right like I actually having never seen the movie I still know the difference of who's singing because it's very clear if you're familiar with the songs and it's just it's nonsense. Like, it was just people... It was, like you said before, karaoke. And what's weird here, I also noticed about the rehearsal, I know it's because, like, you know, it's early on, and there's always be, like, this underfunded little, like, ragtag group of, of uh, uh, singers. But, like, the rehearsal being taking place at the... In, like, the Glee room, it just doesn't make sense. It should always be on the stage. Like, from the beginning. Like, I don't... know Is someone using the stage? Like, explain that, maybe. It's but, like... They're doing it for the entire school. Like, play it should be it should only be on the stage and it would help i think would help a lot with like keeping things on task because you could show it really they should have done linear versions of the of the movie they should have done just the first song to the last song and then that way it's like a kitschy halloween episode that was supposed to be scary or something right or like just strictly like do the play and then have like cuts like happen in between like that's a whole other thing but i you can't you cannot do like musicals without content or context, I guess I should say, and then just the right way, and assume anyone can like understand why the hell we're listening to these songs. They're just random songs that kind of are nonsensical, and they're a lot less compelling because they're not matched up against the plot. Like the whole reason those songs are successful in any way is because they're they're up against. I mean, the the whole thing about Rocky Horror Picture Show is it's not actually that good of a movie. A lot of people openly admit that. It's that it's about like 
how goofy and kooky the performances are. And when you because take away the contents, uh, context, it's just it's it just seems so much weaker for it. Like uh, Sue's Christmas vibe being highly impossible and like it being all over the place. It's true, and also the movie's extremely long too. It's just so long. Yeah, so long. and there's like the scene later on we'll get to, but like when they're all just randomly screaming out things like you know Janet, da 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 da. It, it, it makes is no sense in the gibberish. And it helps a lot to see, like, the lead-up to it. And it's not, like, a long lead-up. It's, like, a five-minute lead-up. Lucy's co- like, if you lost Sue's Corner, you'd easily have enough time and, like, space to do that. Like, it's just, it's, they're, they're trying to shoehorn too much stuff into it at once. Partly because this show has just too big of a main cast. And they always try and fit everybody in. Thank God we didn't also have to deal with Puck, because that'd be just, like, another person. I don't know what the fuck they do with well, Puck in this. Well, Puck, because uh, that was when Puck was in juvie. Right. Because Sally was working on his album, and they, that, <laughs> they got punished, I guess, for doing that. Um, but, uh, Puck, the thing that was always, like, commented is that he should have played Frankenfurter, because here's what, I don't know if you remember this from, like, uh, during the casting things, Stamos was supposed to play Frankenfurter, and then, I guess, I don't know if it was a network pressure or anything, then they completely changed it to the clusterfuck of what we get, and the final product, which is, is Mercedes screaming a song. Oh, man. So, we'll, we're about to get to that, so, so we... So Sue, Sue is now, like, basically trying to infiltrate into the rehearsal. She shows up in the middle, threatens him, but then, like, uses that as an excuse to get a role in the play, or the, the, the musical, and becomes the criminologist, which is, again, nonsense. Like, what? Like, right away, why does he always, like, fucking fall for these stupid, ugh, fucking will, it's the worst. He's an idiot, that's why. That's why and he so- falls for- Immediately, she plays him because she has a contract ready. She's a notary, and she says that she has final say on all script and you know musical stuff. So it was, it was a, a ruse, basically proving that she was doing it just to make sure that she could be in charge of whatever he ends up doing. Stupid, but he just kind of lets it go because he always. Lets I want to see go. the show bible. No one kept a show bible for no, the show, of course but I want to see. I feel like Falchuk and uh, Brennan tried to keep a show bible, and then Brian like. Burnt it in a drunken rage. Something. <laughs> I mean, I'm but not I... even saying that Ryan is an alcoholic, but I know that he probably set a show Bible on fire. No, <laughs> or yeah, two. I can't. Well, because I think, like, Sue always has those, like, one-off comments about how she's something or did something or something happened. <laughs> and, like, part of me, part of me just, like, wants to write all those down and track them and see if, like, it actually could be a thing. Because she's, she's like the Ron Swans under the show. I absolutely agree. Like, you have somebody who's just, like, this non, like nonsensical like mythical creature almost and then like there's no grounding to her though like whereas you have like, someone like was a good character exactly grounded and she has none of maybe eventually she got some of that i don't know but she never had that in the first couple seasons at she definitely all. did not get it as the show progressed because i doubt you know, it but show you know progressed. she's principal no, she... i wasn't sure who would ground her at all but i would bet not <laughs> i don't know No, it's and the the way that the show moved it was like trying to be it was trying it kind of, like, realized that maybe we can't keep these kids in high school forever, which then they graduated. Oh, you think? And then it, I know, <laughs> right? Adults. Well, maybe we, we can't really do that. But then it moved to then it moved to New York, and then people really weren't in it anymore. And then it came back because then they were, like, trying to do something thematic with, like, Rachel failing at something. And part of, like, one of those episodes really did work, and then the rest of them did not. As most things really <laughs> happen, it starts off, like, I'm confident in this, and then immediately tanks the next episode. But it's interesting because I think Sue, they tried to, like, give her moments of that. But I think, like, we, like we've like we been saying, she just got too 
her like the caricature of her got so big that there was like no reining it in because it was too far gone already by like episode four. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where she would just like nonchalantly be like, Oh, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. And like, oh my god, last week I had the greatest drink. Like it was like the kind of stuff she'd say where it was just like an offhanded thing, which is funny because it's like Jane Lynch is a great character actor and she's just selling it. But like there's no, you can't constantly, if you have someone full of all of these crazy things like that and you don't have some kind of a grounded character arc, they become literally a caricature and that's what she was. And they, when you make her such a huge part of the show week to week, it just makes the whole show feel completely lopsided because every one of her scenes ends with her like, like you can't trust her as a character because you don't even know. I honestly, she's so unpredictable. Even in this episode, I'm like, where is she going? Like what's happening with her? Because I keep... <laughs> Trying to, like, guess what she's going to do, and none of it makes sense because she's a lunatic, basically. And that's fine in a character if you're going to have that, but not when everybody else is acting like super grounded, normal people. And she's just, just like, off the wall. Like, honestly, she is just a parody of character. Like a, It works for something, like, popular, again, where we have Bobby Glass, where she's, like, literally meant to be a caricature until, like, the moments when she, like, breaks and becomes, like, a superhuman being. And that's great, but, like, we never had, I don't think we ever had to that degree. They no. tried occasionally with, and I think, the stuff with her sister, but, like, it just doesn't work. Because she's also terrible to people. is that everything else was, like, as weird as Bobby Glass. Right. It's not the case with Sue. Sue's no. off in her own little insane world. It's just, it's nuts. But so she, so she, um, she gets herself into the play, um, meanwhile, the guys are working out, all stressed out about, like, basically having to be shirtless, which is just, it's so much pressure to put on children again, I just feel like this is terrible. And so they're all worrying about, like, what they're gonna look like, including Cordova Street, who is, again, like, pulls his, I think he even pulls his shirt up at one point during it, is, like, rips all get out. So I don't know what, I mean, you say that, because everyone has body issues, so you say, what is he worried about, but he looks great. But he has, like, some issues, so they're all kind of, and of course, at this point, Finn there are issues is a, that aren't even treated as issues. No, really. they're like calm down, court or calm down, uh, whatever his name Sam. is. Sam, remember? But yeah, I guess even like Sam is like one of those characters who's from a different show than what Glee became. Basically, yeah. he's the he most also wholesome. wasn't. Wait, wasn't he a teen stripper? Oh was God, he? I think so. Oh my God, I think he left at one point, and then they were like, "Wait, we gotta go find him." And then they're like, "Wait, are you stripping?" And he's like, "Don't be." <laughs> I quit. Don't so like, judge me. Beginning of season three, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Oh, I, I, I did. I thank God I didn't get to that point. And I like, we try horrifying. to go in and watch things. And That's a terrible thing to terrible. talk about. Like, what an awful thing to 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 display to kids watching this, though. Like, on a real level, like. There are kids that probably treat them like little role models, and like to find out he's stripping it—that's just terrible. I mean, I know maybe he's like, like an old person, home. but like, oof, God, that's dark. But so he—he's upset. But of course now Finn is in an all-out panic because like if Cord's upset, he's like, oh my God, like Sam, you look so. He even says like, Sam, you're so ripped. Why are you worried? He's like, because I don't have to be. I'm worried because I have to look perfect. You don't have to worry because you know you're just you're here to be like the person confident in your own like, you know, schlubby self or something, more or less. And then it makes him even more panic because now he feels like he's not, you know, he's not going to live up to anything because he's not even comfortable with himself like he's supposed to be as the character. Um, meanwhile, Will and Emma, oh, this is one of those scenes. This is, again, this is the, nightmares? Yeah. This is one of those scenes. It's, like, the epitome of why this show fucking sucks. But, like, so, uh, it, it ramps up to it. So I'm, I'm jumping, the, I'm jumping to it. But, like, so basically... Uh, it, it, it goes up to the point where Will asks for her help, um, and as he's asking for her help, um, Mike, which is Harry Shum Jr., shows up 
and says his parents are pressuring him to drop out because, and I quote because it's him saying it, I can't dress as a tranny, which is just like, all right. Yeah, they're like, was written and directed by Ryan Murphy. <sighs> well, and, this, I mean, I feel like it's clear through every single episode of the show that, like, this is from, this show thinks that, like, gay so, white males are people, and everyone else on the LGBTQ spectrum, like, we could give a shit about. I apologize. The direction was not from Ryan Murphy, because Ryan Murphy is n- not that good of a director. It was Adam Shankman who directed this. I apologize, Shankman. Shankman. Hmm. Uh, what are you doing? But so, regardless of the, he's now out, and Will's, like, in uh, somewhat of a panic, because he's like, oh, no, I can't do it without him. So he goes and tells Sue... Who's in the middle of telling Becky to go take a megaphone and scream at some fatties, which is just, again, Sue's the worst. It's because Sue, because Becky for Halloween is being Sue. Because, honestly, Becky's also the worst. Yeah, and it's just, it's one of those things where they're trying to, they do this thing with Sue where they make her, like, you're supposed to be like, oh, like, she has a sister who's got, who's disabled, who's mentally handicapped, and Becky's a regular character who's also mentally handicapped. I think she has Down syndrome. And yeah. so you have this thing where you're trying to make Sue seem like this, not, again, very, very heavy quotes around it, good person, because she's, you know, treating this mentally handicapped person as a human being. How we should all treat her, by the way, but regardless, it's like Sue's some hero for treating her especially human. And then you're allowing her to be a terrible person through and uh, aside from that. Because, hey, at the end of the day, she's still treating this mentally handicapped person like this great person. Like, that doesn't give you a pass to be an asshole to everyone. Which is, again, going back to what you just said, Elena, I think it's very similar to the whole, like, white gay man thing. Which is, I think, I can be an asshole as a gay guy, but I won't be an asshole about gay stuff. But I'm definitely gonna be an asshole about these lesbians. And then, like, about, like, random people being lesbians occasionally on the show is nonsense. Because... They treat that, like, I'm all here for, like, some sexual fluidity in, in teen shows. That's not how they address it. They treat it like almost a joke. I quit before it got even more heavy-handed, but I felt like that was, they cheapened that relationship so much. This is why I said, it, it wasn't just me, like, saying things, like, before Britney said, oh, she's straight, basically. <sighs> and that's, whenever, maybe she did, oh, okay. Let's not treat it like a but joke. But they got married like, eventually. Oh, fucking, I hate the show. <laughs> 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 See, this is the kind of stuff where, like, I have these opinions before I know shit like that, and it still holds true, but it's infuriating. uh, This is why, like, one of the greatest scenes of the show, and I couldn't tell you what happened in the rest of the episode, I didn't watch it, is a scene where Santana just completely tears down um, Kurt, and it's it's perfect. Like, for all, everything that's wrong with him, and kind of just Brian Murphy's approach to things. Yeah, it's it's it's, an, it's it, there's no self reflection at all from him or the characters in the show really, but like especially him. But so Will uh, in in this moment though, after Sue tells uh, Becky to go off and yell up some fatties again, just throwing that out there because that's the kind of shit Sue says casually to people, children who she's instructing as a teacher, like fucking hell. And so Will comes in, tell her tells her the thing is canceled because she can't find fucking Frankenfurter because now originally back in the when they were introducing it to the kids. Uh, Mike had volunteered to do it because he felt confident. It's some bullshit callback to last episode where he had the duet and he felt confident. It was just stupid as shit. But like, okay, fine. This is this is something that's gonna happen. Because again, happy they were letting Harry Shum Jr. speak at this point. I know, but it was more shocking because it was like, whoa, he's gonna be the main person. That was shocking. And of course, no, he wasn't gonna. Let's be real, <laughs> that was never gonna happen. They're terrible. So then he <laughs> relegated right to the very back. And then is not even, probably going to even be in the in the musical at this point, which is just super fucked. But so, um... Yeah, he's not in it, is he? Like, when they're... No, at the I end, think he probably says... No. He's not in it at all. 
He might be in like a background scene or two, but I don't. So we don't get him dancing at the end. What's the point? I know. I honestly he don't know. Is, no, he's in Time Warp. He plays. Um, he plays Eddie or like the guy in the motorcycle. Oh yeah, he does play Eddie because then they're like, okay, the children, and well, <laughs> okay, no one can actually children. see it because it's just for them anyway, so it doesn't so, matter. So this is already at like full tilt swerve, but like this gets to a whole other level when they go back to Emma and Carl, and Sue decides to. Well, what? Sue first of all walks in on them like. I wouldn't even say flirting, but they're just looking at Halloween costumes. I, I have a real like, question. Sorry, yeah. this scene's gonna, like, be involved with it, but why wouldn't it just be like, okay, then he should be Eddie for, uh... Yeah! Him. Yeah! <laughs> like, I have got major... Qu- oh my god. Oh my god. We'll, we'll get to this. This is... I fucking hate this scene. So, Stamos and Emma are, I guess, looking at their own Halloween costumes, or are they looking at... I can't tell if they're looking at costumes for the actual musical. Like, it's hard to... No, I think it's cost- their Halloween costumes. They're so, like, See, sexy, though. It's something about weird. how it's not, like... This, like, isn't sexy lingerie. Like, we're just, do- we're, like, dressing up for Halloween. We really like the... In musical. sexy lingerie. <laughs> like, that's what it is. And then, fine. Let's just be <laughs> honest about it. Jesse Jesse's character didn't end up being, like, a piece of shit either. Like, at the end of his arc. He was just, like... They just broke up because she loved Will or whatever, that garbage. He's way too good for this entire episode. <laughs> like, again, not even a perfect character, but my god, he seems like literally a, a, a hero among the, like, nightmares. But so Sue scolds them for having, like, sexy stuff at school or whatever bullshit. And then they find she finds out that they're, like, he's, they're talking about going to Rocky Horror, so that's why the costumes are really sexy, because they're gonna be dressed up as, as Rocky Horror for their Halloween. And she says, oh, really? You're a huge fan? And she basically just, like, ropes Carl into being Frankenfurter. And... Because of wooden teeth and children. Yeah, again, th- this is where my notes are just like, this is lunacy, <laughs> like, from word one. So then Carl and Emma dance to, t- well, they tell Will this, and Will's like, I'm gonna need you to audition, because Will's a fucking piece of shit. And so he, they audition by dancing to whatever happened to Saturday night. Yeah, he does an Eddie song. Because which... he's a like a normal human being who realizes without even having to ask that I would not be auditioning for Frankenfurter because that's inappropriate for me to be in, in a high school production. But Will is still the gung-ho on like Frankenfurter existing in the traditional sense. And so he's just like, okay, I want to dance to the Eddie song. And then um, everyone... I thought it was a pretty... I thought he was like good. Oh like, no, everything on this scene is yeah, actually great. It sounded good and the song is like... It's a good enough song that doesn't need as much context that you can, like, right. enjoy it. Everyone's thrilled. The whole, also, everyone's, like, happy about it, like, having a blast. Good time. It still brings us the question of why Mike wouldn't just be Eddie then. Right! And it's You're like, right. And so, and also, like, this is where my notes, I'm just like, I'm so mad at Will, like, steaming in the corner and how good he's doing. I'm like, why wasn't oh, John... the children love him more as a teacher? Yeah, I was like, why wasn't John Stamos cast as Will? It would be a, such a better show. And I was just sitting there, like, thinking about how good it would have been. No, because just... then Stamos would rap. Well, that's, that'd be terrible. Maybe he would just protest and it wouldn't have happened, but I don't know. Well, I, I guess like... most of the rapping was because Matthew Morrison's like, let me rap some more. I feel like that's what it was, because he, he, I feel like that fedora was something he brought from home, but I don't know. It was definitely <laughs> but so uh, they they start talking about like you know am I good? And Will's like okay. He's like you can do it, whatever. And he's like oh I'll do it, but I'm only gonna be Eddie because Eddie's not gonna grind against students. We're just displaying right. a very like a cogent like reasoning against the fact that like obviously Frankenfurter shouldn't be an adult, but like none none Even of that goes to Will at all. When he mentions like not wanting to grab on the children, like Santana raises her hand, like she would like she would not mind. I feel that. Just- 
Santana is all of us. <laughs> yes. And so Will immediately feels threatened because he's like, oh, well, you know, I don't want you to be like liked more than my, me than to my students. But um, in, in this moment, though, um, Amber Riley steps up and says, well, I was watching the movie the other day and they said, don't dream it, be it. And she's like, I want to be Frank Inferno. And everyone's like, and this is where, and then, and then Will's like, okay. Like, again, terrible leadership doesn't even, like, take a second to say, you audition, like, I just forced this other person to. Just says, okay, you can just do it. And then, like, proceeds. And he decides to make it more modern, which more modern was not a good idea. If no. That's what more modern is. Not at all. And, and, but also, like, he says, he, he immediately is like, okay, and you can, I guess you can be Eddie Carl. But I'm like, he just mentioned in the beginning of this is that we're going to have to have the girls double up on roles because there's not enough women. Why wouldn't they just make one of the girls Eddie? Why are you giving roles that could go to students to random people that aren't even teachers? He's just a dentist or something. Like, what the hell's happening? I don't understand this at all. But yeah, they... wait. What? Wait, I, like, forgot he's not a teacher. Yeah, he's not a teacher. He's just a boyfriend of a teacher. He's completely un- unrelated to the school. Kind of comes what? across as creepy as fuck, to be honest. Yeah. Even though he's John Stamos, but like really weird. And and giving that role that could have gone to another student outside of the class or another student who's doubling up on those same roles because he said that there's not enough roles for girls. Like, and I think that Tina and them are because that's why there's two. It's Tina and Brittany are both playing the same basic character, and there's two other people that are. I think it's maybe like Quinn and. I don't Santana. know, someone else. Santana are playing the same character. Like, you give one of them the role of Eddie. Like, a gender bend it. Like, fine. Do it. Fine. I don't care. But they don't do any of that. Will has no foresight at all, because he's literally not even thinking. He's just doing this to try and get in Emma's pants. And so, um, or up Emma's skirt, I should say. Uh, but so, uh, so he, he's just like, in, in a, in a tirade, just like, fine, whatever, do whatever you want. And so, now Amber Riley moves forward as the, uh, as the Frankenfurter in, um, in session, so they do the dress rehearsal. I do love this because it really. This is again. I think that's why when we said it before, I think that would have been so much stronger to do with a um, like a true like performance version of this because they cut to like Leah Michelle passing out as Janet at one point. It's so fucking good. I'm like, oh, this is. I mean, it's not like perfect, but it's like for a TV show with a bunch of kids singing. Like, this is really nicely done. I would totally watch that if this was a show. As but, usual with the most of the show, Leah Michelle does a good job. Yeah, because she's a competent actress on stage, and they just don't let them do the stuff that they're good at. They let them do all this other stupid stuff for, like, 90%. <laughs> like, the anger. Yeah, the anger is real, guys. But, like, we had a scene earlier that was, like, four minutes long that's just her and Finn talking about their body image issues. Again, important in some ways, but, like, it didn't really amount to anything. And it's just, it was irrelevant. You might as well just have her do more cool, like, on-screen performance as Janet. That would have been way more interesting than just more of, like, them, like, yeah, hemming and hawing. You're a stage show and you're not focusing on Rachel. That sounds ridiculous. And the thing that's tough with the, with the, I mean, it, to me it was tough with the, um, with the Finn stuff is it never really amounts to anything. All that, like, Finn, oh. like, body image issue stuff amounts to them not even doing a, a, a scene with him with his shirt off. So it's like, why do we even... Just- do that. It's because I said, Ryan Murphy wanted him to tighten it up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. But so she passes out great, um, and he's, you know, it's the whole like, you know, they're doing, the, I think it's just they're doing the, the Transylvanian transvestite or something. I forget what the name yes. of the song is. And they're just, it's Amber Riley comes out of the um, elevator, like, just does the standard performance. Does okay. I don't think it's good. But it's, it's awful. It's her screaming the entire song. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, I cannot abide this. I think that a lot of her singing is 
tends to be just her going up, 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 up. But I guess the time, in the last complete sexuality or sensuality of the song, and it's not like, <clears throat> Emma Riley is beautiful, but like she is screaming the entire okay. time. I mean, I thought she sounded great, but I, I also, I, I think like, I that was like the only part of. To me, that and, like, Hot Patootie were, like, the only parts of the thing that I was, like, oh, this is actually, like, I am enjoying this. I think I, I would like, get your life, Amber Riley. You're doing your thing. You rarely get screen time. You're doing so. her thing. <laughs> I think it would have been bad. more successful if they'd had um, scenes where she's less screamy to compare against. But this is the only scene where she gets to full-on perform, really. Yeah. And the I end, she's think- back to being just, like, a background person. Like, I guess they yeah. they, they gave up on her being Frankenfurter? Because in the end no. scene, she's not Frankenfurter. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why do we even... I think, too, <sighs> like, once they knew... Once they knew her as a singer could go so high, I genuinely think in the booth they're just like, just keep going higher. Like, keep going. And they're, <laughs> twist- it. Like, and they're higher, twisting higher, that higher. knob. They're twisting like, the knobs all the way up. Yeah. Because I, don't... I feel like in rare instances on the show, does she really get to showcase, like, what a beautiful range she has? She has an amazing voice. And, like, watching when she was in The Wiz, I was just like, yes. Like, you, you're beautiful and you have an amazing, like, singing voice. But I feel like the show, I mean – Season one, they were like, okay, just hit the high note now. And she's I like, mean, oh, okay. In general, there's a lot of things that are, like, out of people's range. It's like, you're a music show. Shouldn't you know better? Yeah. yeah. No, they don't. They don't. I just, I think this is a spoiler alert. They do not. Because I think that they don't have any concept of, like, when they do the duets, they weren't really doing it with people who are truly, like, harmonizing well. They were just picking random people that would have good Because chemistry. you have a bunch of writers, not music people, who exactly. are, like, behind the writing of the show. Again, it's the reason why Finn has some riffraff lines in the time warp like there's no reason for Finn to be singing and other there's, than it's, it's Finn and that's another reason why I think we compared it against Empire and uh, My Crazy Ex-Girl or Crazy Ex-Girlfriend which is just I think they have much more a hold on the music even though Empire I think is actually Empire has not a lot always of great but like it's <laughs> still like I feel like they have a much be- better hold or they have a music consultant that has a much better hold on the fact that they're giving the right songs to the right people whether you like the songs or not, they are in within the range of those characters or singers, I guess you should say. Yeah. So they are not doing that here. I think the problem with the immorality too is that again, it's a stereotype thing where I think she just comes in and it just becomes the like, I, I would say just like the gospely like like high 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 range or like diva range, and it's meant to compare against Leah and I guess maybe to a lesser degree Santana or Quinn, and especially Leah because I think Leah is the one that's probably her truest like you know the, of everyone on the show is the actual other like traditionally very good singer with the high range but like they want to give all of the nuanced parts to leah and that's part of if you give given amber riley some of the songs that leah sings i'm sure she'd crush it but she's only really ever singing these songs that are so high that she just comes across like she's just screaming half the time because it's just it's her one shot to actually sing and i think it just comes across like she's just going for the she's swinging for the fences and it's like I'd rather watch a couple episodes where she played. Maybe she does have this. I don't. Know, I'm not super familiar with it anymore. But like, where she has like a quiet song because she's got a beautiful range, like you're saying, Elena. And it's just don't do it at all. And I think this episode's like a microcosm of the show in that sense because it just sort of they give her one shot. She she does mediocre. I would say like good to, good to mediocre. Latoya, you disagree with us? I'm sure. Awful. <laughs> but uh- like. But, like, then they don't give her anything else to compare it against. And she's back to being in the background in, in the final act. Because that's all she really usually does on the show is just background stuff. And it just sucks. Like, the true, the, 
and same with, I would say also, like, to a lesser extent, Harry Shum, is that, like, he may not be the greatest singer, but, like, why does he have so little to do on screen? Like, he's a very compelling actor otherwise, and he's at least, like, decent, it's, like, he's a great dancer. Like, I don't know well, what they're doing not sure. Harry Shum, I can defend that, like, uh, with Heather and Naya, it was that they were basically the extras, and he was even more of an extra. They were just there pretty much for the dancing experience, right. and then they got the roles. Uh... But, it's just weird. Yeah, that it's he kind never of ridiculous. He's like, he's also a, one of, like a Heather Moore is like a very, very compelling dancer that you just want to watch on screen. The they don't let time. her do like, shit ever on the show. I feel like, I mean, the Britney stuff was good because they let her do the Britney versions of things, but I still feel like they don't really let her go to like the extreme that she's capable. Same with, I mean, even him, like he does a lot of cool stuff, but like let him like fucking like choreograph an episode or something that he knows he could do some crazy stuff he's able able to do. They never do it, again. It's just so based in like the writers. The writers are writing all these plots, and they're not thinking about how to use their. And they quote unquote have their favorites. Yeah, exactly. And they're not using wow. their cast at all the right way. And this is, I mean, this is why I'm sure Naya wrote written. about all of this in her book. I gotta read this book. Gotta read that book, guys. Uh, but yeah, so Leah passes out. They do that. Will and Emma. Oh, fucking I hate them in, in the audience watching. They both, like, scream out, patient. I hate that. I hated it so much. They finished the, the anticipation line. And uh, Will and Emma back over, I think, in one of the classrooms, which, again, is really super inappropriate, but we'll get to that in a second. He goes over to her and says, I got I got to get rid of Carl. Oh, because Carl bursts in at the end of it, inappropriately timed, because he felt he was feeling the Honestly, the way he looked when he burst in, I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it. It's fine. <laughs> like, you're like, you did you did great, which is kind of what Emma does, which is like, it was a great entrance, though. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it was. And Will's just furious because he's just like, I can't have this guy upstaging me on stage as well as in real life. So he's like, I'm done. So he goes over to Emma afterwards and says, like, I got to get rid of him. And she's like, but why? And he's like, well, I don't think he's right for the situation. He doesn't give a good answer. He, like, redirects the problem to, like, I'm going to play creature, basically, because I don't want Sam to do it. And they cut to Sam being told this. And poor Sam, again, like, they make Quarter of a Street, like, a real doof. But, like, it truly is sad to see, like, a young man say, like, is it my body, question mark? Like, it's so sad. Yeah. Like, is my body the problem? Because he's already Wait, got... There's... They're this ruining the joke. kid's life because there's no reason any adult should be in this at all. No! And also, they have like... enough people for it to be all the kids. And all, Exactly. And also, in fact, they actually have, like, too many kids, I would say, in some respect, because there's only, like, like How five... How is Santana not auditioning for Frank and Fur? Who the fuck knows? They're all background... There's no oh. way he's Ugh. not auditioning for that. But so, he he says literally, is, it my, is my body a problem? And Will's like, oh no, I just, I don't think it's appropriate for a ch- child to be wearing the creature outfit, which is like something he could have figured out before he cast this child and gave him well, all the pressure. Very different for like the children to be ogling an adult. It's so weird. It is, and also like that character is not something you should have an adult playing against other children on stage. Like it's a weird dynamic and like he's not thinking about this at all he's just he knows he's like trying to play to emma because he can be shirtless in these scenes and then he's like i'm gonna play it and this is just this is the most traumatizing scene this scene oh my god and it is it's just and poor heather and naya have to be part of it they show up watching okay so basically he goes into her i think it's her classroom yeah yeah. inappropriate classroom 
right there. Oh, it's his. Yeah, he's cleaning up. She walks in. Oh. But he should say, if I'm going to show you this, let's go to the room. Let's not do this here because this is inappropriate to be singing out loud in a classroom randomly. It's that alone feels like really wrong to me. And so he like starts playing this like fucking role. And this is part of why I hate this. Like two things. One, whenever they switch to the auto tune, like pre-recorded things, not only are they all terrible, like lip syncing constantly, but like it's such a unclean transition that you can clearly, it's almost as if someone like drops a, a needle on a record. Like it's so directly like, it, it's well, a good record scratch. It just seems so jarring. Like you can completely tell the minute it starts. Like that's the one thing they should probably have worked on more is to do a more naturalistic. They didn't care money. No, iTunes. They could give a shit because oh. these are the exact same songs they're going to release on iTunes the next day. But like, it just it, it's so jarring to me as a watcher because it just comes across like again like they're doing like weird performance art. And actually, more they they released them on iTunes before. I remember that because you have to be like you had to try to figure out who was singing what parts because of all the auto tunes. Fucking hate the show. But so there was, was much debate between who was singing uh, science fiction double feature, whether it was. Agron or stupid, Rivera because of stupid, the audience. Stupid, stupid, stupid. But so he, he starts, like, again, he's, if you don't know who the creature is, it's this basically picture a completely shirtless person in, in well, gold spandex shorts. He's not wearing the spandex shorts. He's just practicing with her. But he's going to play, a, it, it's a very, like, aggressively sexual song, I would say. And he's singing so, it and also it, Emma. Like, it's so musical, weird. Rachel would be the one playing this. It's it makes no but he's sense. Like, Help me practice because we know where this is going. Except <laughs> it's how like I don't. I was just like, but he doesn't even sing in this song. So like, what are they practicing? The blocking? They're like jumping on desks and like hanging out in chairs. Like that's not blocking for the scene. Like and what? this is this is where my notes kind of go off the off the deep end. But like this is this is my biggest one of my biggest problems with the show is that. The show does not depict how staged romance in musicals works. Like, no. that is something that happens. Like, okay, th- there's a very common thing in, in a lot of musical theater. I'm not super familiar with it, like Broadway stuff. But I know that a lot of Broadway actors are known for basically, like, falling for the co-stars. That's a pretty common thing. It's because you can sing a song as an actor and just be committed to the song and the character and then fall in love through that. You don't have to make it, like... You have to act out being in love, like literally tearing each other's clothes off. Like, that's not how that works. Like, people are falling in love because they're playing romantic, entangled characters, not people stripping each other naked to fuck. Like, that's exactly what they're describing. Two students watch outside a window making orgasm noises. That was nuts. (laughs) I mean, like, really inappropriate. Again, children. And also, what are they doing sneaking around looking in windows at night? Like, it's really weird. <laughs> but, Why? Okay, here's my constant question with Glee. I have teacher <laughs> friends. I used to be a teacher. Why the fuck are you at school when they're, the lights are out and it's dark? Like, oh God, go The minute home. school would end, the bell rings, you were out the fucking door. Go I don't home. buy that for a second. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. These people all have completely terrible work work home situations. <laughs> but so, they're, like, dancing up a storm. This, I mean, it's not really required, but, of course, the song lends itself to her literally taking his shirt off. She takes Just her cardigan off. Shirtless, like, no tie. Rips, rips his shirt off. And you're supposed to be like, oh, shit, he's so ripped. And it's like, eh, no, I don't want this. <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to watch this. Like, you have to be really interested in Maggie Morrison to find this at all compelling. And I don't. So I just find it like, ugh. And so they're just, like, dancing up a storm. She gets, like, caught up in the moment, of course, and feels inappropriate because she's basically, like, she's singing about, like, 
being obsessed with them and, and wanting to have sex with them kind of thing. Again, like, that's, you don't, you don't have to do, like, the whole thing about, like, the thing that worked with Glee itself in the first season, like the whole the, uh, Finn and, and Rachel singing, don't like you know, don't stop believing, is that like they were singing against each other and it kind of got them like worked up into a tizzy because they were kind of feeling the romance and intensity as stage partners. Like that's not what's going on here though. It's not like feeling like a romantic like kindling of the song together. Again, it's her acting out a fa- like a, a fantastical version of a person obsessed with a person and then acting out like the ripping off a shirt, all this stuff, and then she gets caught up in that. Like, that's not the same thing as, like, being emotionally attracted to someone. It's just, like, acting out. It's like something, like, it's like someone, like, literally gave her, like, a aphrodisiac or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not, it's not the same. She's just feeling the role. Ugh, so stupid. And so she, she gets all caught up in it and they eventually they finish the song and she's like, like, you know, breathing heavily and like runs off, like all scandalized. And then, um, at, over the next day at re- rehearsal, Sue oversees it. She's, this is where she gives all her punch ups where she says, this play is terrible. She's like, it's got no, it's got real pacing problems. Um, and in the middle of it, uh, principal, uh, what's his name? Higgins? Is that what it is? But, uh, um, he, he shows up and, um, tells Will that uh, Finn has been suspended for walking down the hallway in his boxers. <sighs> Again, it like... Okay, okay. ways he was talking about the entire time. Boxers. <sighs> Here, this is, this is the scene where I was like, oh, I don't think you understand what body image issues are. Like, I exactly. don't kind of understand where... That was after Sam gave him a pep talk because Sam was so bummed. And then Sam, like, pinched his abs. Cool Ranch Doritos like, oh, he had. I saw that, like, hot dog I ate or whatever. And I was like, what? No, it was Cool Ranch Doritos. That was what you... Yeah, that's what he saw, apparently. Well, I mean, the, that's insane. The part of that... But the part of that scene that made me really upset was, like, Principal Friggins was talking about how, like, a bunch of kids had to go to after-school therapy. Number one, what kind of school has after-school therapy? That is a rich-ass school. Not this shitty and, school. And number two, like, that's so... That in itself is, like, really terrible and frustrating. Like, I, I was just like, why would you even say that? Like, he's fine. You could, why would you even bring that up? Why wouldn't you just say, like, hey, a kid's walking down the hallway in his underwear, like, we can't have that. That's inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> that is Why do you have to, like, bring in people being so scarred by his body? I was like, poor Finn, like, his body's fine. What are y'all talking about? And also, just in general, like, it should never have escalated to the point where he's walking down the hallway with boxers on. Because it yeah. just doesn't, one, it doesn't really make a ton of sense, because if you have true body image issues, you're not going to escalate to just doing that. That's an extreme... Like, it just doesn't happen. It would have been more... Yeah, that's not how you get over these issues. And it's like oh. someone... Maybe if someone suggested he did that, I'd buy that he did it, because Finn's the type that would just go with whatever someone told him to do. But, like, for Finn to do that, it's, like, such an extreme... I guess he just took uh, Sam's advice as, as basically telling him to do that. Yeah, it's stupid. And it would have made more sense... Well, Finn is stupid. <sighs> this is a character trait. We, we're aware he's stupid. True. But, uh, so, anyway, so he gets suspended for, they were saying, like, a month. Or, I, I, did they ever clear that up? I feel like that conversation... I guess Will just talking to Fig- Figgins or Figgins? Yeah, Figgins? I think it's Figgins. That's not how this Figgins works. just... That's not changes how it works it <laughs> It's how it works in Glee. It's fucking stupid. And so, Finn is suddenly let off the hook because but we can't do that the whole show will get ruined and that's like every no every episode the of show Glee is, again it, i do it always just think a community where it just becomes all like but, but everything's like in our way stopping us from trying to do this it's just so we're scary. like we're gonna believe that anyone at the school would go to this musical anyway 
nonsense. Nonsense. But what I, again, it's such a small town that they're able to do like Maybe they see the train wreck they they want to. But like, but like, like a small town doing like monkey wedding on the news is not gonna have enough people show up to a Rocky Horror musical like production at a high school. Like it's just not gonna happen. They might think it's Rocky and that would be why. <laughs> that would be the only reason they go see it. Maybe. But so Maybe very confused. It's like Halloween themed Rocky. Yeah, he gets out of the he gets out of the suspension, and they go back to rehearsal. He's in rehearsal. It's a dress rehearsal at this point. Um, Sam is uncomfortable with his like um, boy like uh, little short shorts. His hot pants. Yeah, and although I mean, again, it's it's body dysmorphia. Us saying you look great, it's not a problem. It's not really the problem here, but he that's kind of what Will does. He just says it's fine. I can't really do anything right now. We gotta get back. Stress rehearsal. Deal with it. He says, "Shut the fuck up and get back to work." (laughs) Really, that's what he says. Shut it, kid. And and for some reason, Finn is able to just talk him to that. He's like, "I'm gonna save getting naked for the opening night," and he's like, "Whatever, fine." I'm like, "It's dress rehearsal." I'm like, "No, it's not fine." Like you should say you because the reason. Oh yeah, it's fine for him, but not for Sam. But also, just yeah, exactly. Also, but like, it's also inappropriate because true dress rehearsals if we're trying to teach kids how to do theater correctly are done because lighting matters if you're naked versus and if yeah, you're and yeah who's doing lighting for this i don't know i mean this isn't like a school sanctioned play they've, like got, that, yeah, they've got that they've got that like on-demand piano player all the time so i'm sure they have someone who's dedicated lighting non-stop for the random moments <laughs> will wants to produce and perform a musical i don't know but uh so without I, the help of actual drama club like truly in a, in a working stage play like i had we had pretty huge productions maybe not my school per se but like in my general area we have a high school it's like a catholic high school that does like huge productions that people have gone on to actually do theater from and it's like all run by high school students because they're being educated on how to run a stage that's part of their education so it's like i i buy that there are people who could do that but they're not showing that side of theater at all like anytime will does like plays or like musical things it, he treats it like he can just walk into the, the stage and then just, like, perform something. I'm like, usually you have to, like, get the stage time, train the people on how to do it. It's a whole month of, of just pre-production stuff. And then they finally know how to do the right stuff. It just, it's it's nonsense that this could all be thrown together in two days, basically. Wait, yeah, it's not just, like... Our point boop, is that this boop, is all nonsense. Push a bunch of buttons, and then, like, the lights magically boop, boop, boop. fall exactly where you need them. Oh, right? my God. It's insane. Not in a high school. Not in a high school in, like... I guess suburban Ohio like no not in a million years and so he and also like one that's like an underfunded like uh choir program is not gonna have a super funded theater program that's for fucking sure and so he's like okay well you just go back to work (laughs) and everyone just goes back to working and he's okay with just being like in fully clothed and then this is we get back to the beginning again no no more narration I don't think it's just like it happens to coincide with the beginning of the episode like no point for us to have even done the whole flash forward thing it was just, it was all just a like I think it just they probably ran out of time or they had they had to fill some time but like you could have filled that time with actual like performance <laughs> like why the fuck that we had to watch the same scene again where Carl storms in and he's like all shocked and he's like well Emma told me what happened between you. And he's like, why? <laughs> Basically. And he's like, because we're honest with each other like adults, you asshole. You're like, you're the, you're the one who's, like, terrible with your wife and she's lying that she's pregnant and all this nonsense. But, like, um, uh, they, they get on with the, the show. But um, they in the meantime, like, I think it was, like, the next night or something, uh, Becky comes up to Will when he's in his classroom and, like, trick-or-treats with him. Which, I'm a- I guess they're, they're doing, like, a... 
uh, take back the night thing at the school or whatever. That's what it was. It, like, it's a thing at the school, basically. I guess the teachers were staying over, and then, like, it's, like, a, like a safe uh, trick-or-treat thing. What the fuck's wow, going on? Unclear. What's the fuck? Also, yeah, he says that, like, in, like, an off-the-cuff off remark where he says, Oh, right, tonight's that take-back-the-night trick-or-treating thing for kids at school. Like, like okay. <laughs> Maybe, tonight's like, that give... convenient plot point so that I can be in this scene right now, and it kind of makes sense. Yeah, or, honestly, all they would have to do is just, like, slowly pan across a flyer that explains this like you don't have to actually have him like say it out loud but like, regardless he's like suddenly like oh hi becky what's up and she says like basically a pro pros and nothing just screams out rocky horror picture shows an abomination and he's like what the fuck <laughs> what did i ever do to you becky and becky's like it's what uh coach uh sue said on the on the news yeah this is before becky becomes a complete monster so she can at least uh like say things that would help them out but, like can we break down nightmare. this scene because it makes no sense? Because she says it's what it's what Sue said on the news, and then but Will's the like, "Thing doesn't air yet." Yes. So Will's like, "What are you talking about?" Then she proceeds to lead him to a random classroom. He turns on the news on TV, and he's like, "It's Sue delivering this." Like he's she's in the middle of the rant about it. But like, there, so I'm like, "Are you telling me that Becky was able to?" like, watch this and simultaneously walk over in his classroom and trick-or-treat? Is this the first one she stopped at? Otherwise, how long has she been trick-or-treating? How long is this segment airing? There's no DVR. <laughs> There's not a single DVR at, at the Lima High School. Let's be fucking real. It's all nonsense. It's all just... And of course, later on, there's, like, a throwaway line where Sue's like, oh, I pre-taped it. That's why I'm here. Because Sue's also at school at this point, and he goes over and confronts her immediately. And she's like, I pre-taped it so you couldn't stop me from doing it. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, it wouldn't have mattered because... He wouldn't have been able to stop you from doing it if you were across town at a because studio. Because the news anyway. Oh, I fucking hated it. The news. This is where everything, like, it, it's so, it's so nonsensical that it just comes across as like, did you even try and write this successfully? Because it seems no. like you just, like, threw a bunch of words together and you wanted to have them fight and it's all just filler. Because no one's actually making any credible points at all. And the thing that's even more infuriating is that her segment kind of is all 100% valid, and that's kind of what he has to acknowledge, is that she's right. And it's it's shit, because Sue is a non, like, a, a complete, like, lunatic in the other segment. And she, beginning. like, just stumbled into being the villain of this episode, because she was an idiot in the first place. And then they immediately, like, 180 it, with no explanation or, or reasoning. She doesn't, like, come to Jesus and realize, like, oh, I fucked up. She just suddenly, like, makes a valid point that undercuts his show, and he agrees with her. So like, Even though everyone's been making valid points the entire time. And it makes no sense. Like, her point is completely the same thing everyone said. And it's, a, why is Will suddenly understanding that this is wrong? And because so he, the episode's he, about to be over. Because she's saying yeah, exactly. it, too. And she's the villain. She must she be must right. She must be right. And then he just kind of, like, the air gets popped. And he's like, you're right. I'm not going to do it. And it's like, why don't we just watch this whole fucking episode for then? This could have been done in the first five minutes. Why did she wait a week to show him this segment? If she had just walked up to him and said this instead of done this weird, like, behind-the-scenes scammer thing, it would have been over before it even began. It's just, it's so stupid that we were set, meant to sit through this for no reason. Because all, all the conflict, every bit of it, is 100% irrelevant by the end of the episode because he just doesn't even go through with it. Like... What a bad message. It's basically just give up all your dreams immediately. Not that this is a good dream, but like, and there's no, there's no consequence to it. There's not like, he doesn't explain why he feels it. He just says, you're right, Sue. Sorry, bye. And it's just like so dumb. <laughs> and then Sue gets mad because he's like, oh no, uh, I wanted the local Emmy. And I guess she can't get that if he doesn't do the show. 
I'm s- Actually, no, she was supposed to stop it. She was supposed to stop it, and then she could have done a piece about anything, basically. So maybe what we're, what we're seeing as if it's on the news is actually just a tape of her doing that, but also... It's filmed at the news studio, so why would the hell would she have a tape? So, basically, the Million Moms guys were like, you need to shut the show <laughs> down, and then you can do whatever piece you want, and you'll get a local Emmy. So, basically, she w- had filmed something saying about why the show needs to be closed, only Will decided to close it, so she can't even get the glory for that, because it never actually opened. So, no controversy. So, yeah. But it's still a good segment. If they aired it and they explained it, it convinced him to shut it down, it would actually make her look better. Well, nope, because nothing happened. They always just deny, deny, deny. Nonsense. Not that Will's smart enough to do that, Nonsense. but they could have just denied, denied, denied. Oh my god. She, all she has to do is add a line at the end where she's like, and this was such a successful piece that I convinced him to stop it. You're welcome, America. Like, it, more nuanced than that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's stupid. But no, so that exact thing, that's probably what they would have said. <sighs> so then Will goes to Emma. <laughs> so stupid. And then Will goes to Emma. He's like, sorry I abused your feelings. I won't do it again. Carl is making you it better. It will. Which is so oh, infuriating. And then again, he says, if I love you, I need to back off. Right now... Right now? Because right now, being with him is the best thing for you. Get fucked. I'm like, what are you talking about right now is the best thing? Like, even that, like, is, is supposed to be this, like, supportive, like, friendly comment is, like, undercut with the words right now. Like, he's saying, like, but in the also, future, it'll be different. Like, he ugh. says that, and then I feel like the next episode, he's like, I'm back! Like, I'm yeah, ready! I was thinking that, too, but I, I wasn't as strong on it, because I'm not as familiar with it anymore, but I'm like, I feel like you've had this conversation a million times. And before, that, it was when he was married, and then it's now it's because she's with someone, and then it'll be because they're both teachers, and is that inappropriate? Ugh. And this is just, they never cared about the inappropriateness of it, Obviously, them being teachers. but, like, it's just another random excuse, because... Re- remember, the, the day Will met Shelby, who was a teacher at the rival school... He's made out with her. He was still <laughs> married and he was still, quote unquote, in love with Emma. Nonsense. That was season one. He's the worst. He is the worst. So he goes over afterwards and also apologizes. Like, it's like the Will, the Will Schuster apology tour. He goes to- That's the- every episode. Every other episode. I'll give, I'll give Why isn't he fired, like, in the first season? Like, it is nonsense that, that Sue would let him stay there. Uh, Low alone. standards at the school. Clearly. I also we, never see him teaching at all. The show, all. I think, addresses at least that he's also, like, he's not a good Spanish yeah, teacher. Yeah, like, when does he ever teach Spanish at all? I, I saw, like, there was a little <laughs> Spanish flag on his desk, and I'm like, oh, right, he teaches Spanish. And he was Nonsense. not good. Also, like, what the hell high school has, I mean, I guess it's a glee club, but, like, most most high schools have a choir teacher, right? Like, or at least, like, a choir, or, or it's, like, a dedicated teacher for it. Like, why isn't that person? Yeah, I guess Will doesn't care about, like, all the normies who just want to be in choir. Stupid as shit. And so he apologizes to the students. The, the thing that, like, the thing that always surprises me is he makes apologies. He's, like, he. I feel like he has to mess up and make an apology basically, like, every episode for something. And at this point, as a student, I would be like, you know what? Like, maybe we should stop listening to this guy. Like, he could, if you have to apologize every five minutes, it's like Donald Trump syndrome, where it's like, if you're constantly apologizing and either not doing it well or, or doing it to whatever degree... You, there's there's a pattern there. Is like if you're something to apologize for every five minutes, maybe you're the fuck up, and we should just not worry about you apologizing and just hold you accountable. Even if like at some point his apologies aren't even realistic because it's the same stuff he says every single time. So it's just 
I mean, at what point can we say that maybe you need to, like, take a month or two and then work on yourself and we'll get back to you? Because I can't keep <laughs> I can't keep forgiving you for all these apologies because, like, I'd rather you not keep fucking up every single five seconds. Like, you know, it's, it's so stupid. But he apologizes to the students and he says, I'm sorry, we can't do this. And then even then, as he's saying that, he, like, invalidates the apology by saying... Like, well, when Rocky Horror Picture Show first came out, it was actually for the outcasts. And uh, that's why I wanted us to I mean, to it's still for the outcasts, And it's still too. for the outcasts because we're outcasts. So I think we're still going to do it, but just for ourselves and not for an audience. I was like, what a terrible message to send to these children. Is that, like, even if it's a fucked up thing, we're still going to do it because I want to do it and whatever. And so we get another, like, really creepy, like, will. So the kids aren't that excited to do it, no, really. not. And it's still inappropriate. Not even Rachel's, like, super hyped for the it. The reason why they were doing it, uh, not doing it, uh, th- that Sue put forth, is not that it wasn't inappropriate just to show to audiences. It's inappropriate for them, like, material-wise. Like, it's too, it's too serious. Like, the issues that are discussed in the musical are not gonna, like, land because they're kids. And so it's just... It's it's a really hot. They are children because they want to they want to have a clean, nice ending. So they like, they they perform one last song together for themselves. But like, it's not really successful because it kind of comes across like, well, even though this is wrong morally, we're still gonna do it because it feels good. Like that's basically what the the message is. <laughs> and it's that's like in a entire like fucking mo. It's <laughs> just so fucking weird. And so he, again, back in the audience alone, sitting, like, watching this Doing big, the time inappropriate work. show, smiling all creepy, and, like, singing along to himself, like a fucking creep and a half, and then this, the kids just, like, <laughs> are up on stage singing along to the time warp, and it's so long and so boring, creep and I don't say that because I don't, I don't dislike that song, it's just, it, it's not the right song to do that full-length, like, version of, or at least do it with more, like, you know, like, uh... Like, interesting elements to it. It's just sort of like, again, karaoke, like a bunch of people in costumes just singing karaoke. Like, there's no glitz, there's no, like, like you know, f- like energy. It's just boring and not fun. And it's like the fifth song they've sang, so it just feels kind of repetitive. And that's it. That's how the episode wraps, is on that song, like, not being that good, and Will, and like, he... creepily leering from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, and he's Fun's just fa- like, are amazing and like laughs and like claps of, <laughs> in that way he does it's just like no i mean the good news is that this was the lowest uh selling ep for glee <laughs> they're, they're terrible i hate them and that's, that's <laughs> it so really do we have anything else we didn't talk about i think i mean we can go into some of the more like big picture stuff if we wanted to but i think we kind of got into that a lot so yeah i think we've talked most of the big picture actually i just i just again i, I mentioned before how disappointing it was not only is this disappointing i'm sure for people who are fans of of um uh rocky horror picture show but what a disappointment for the the show at large to like start really swiftly declining in, in quality from this point forward it is bad. It's... Ugh. I There's... It's so funny. Like, I feel like re- not super recently, but I have seasons one and two on DVD, and I think I, like, pulled them out when I was moving and I was watching a couple episodes, and I... Like, we've been saying all along, the thing that I think... The reason that I stayed with Glee so long, but the, also, like, the really sad thing about it is there's everything there is like ready to be good. Like there's, okay. So fast forward, like season five or six, Rachel like tanks her big audition in New York and she like comes home and she's pretty defeated. And I can't remember if like this is after or before Corey Monteith like passed away, but 
like she's gonna re like she's gonna restart her life in Lima and like kind of deal with like what does it mean to have this big dream that you had in your life and then like not really like not really accomplish that and it was like so beautiful and I was like this is the show like the show is talking about what about all these kids what about this guy who in high school is really popular and it's like trying to reclaim that in this small town where like nothing really ever happens and no one ever really leaves and like that's a really compelling narrative right oh, it's yeah. not like that's that's a show like there's something to be said and like explored in that but then I think I think sometimes too is they didn't want they were like a little bit afraid to not let people get what they want and so in some ways like because the flash forward at that Rachel thing is like at the end of the show she's happy she is like a bunch of kids and she's really successful on Broadway but I was like I think it would have been a better show if she like kind of tried to do that Broadway thing and it didn't work out and then she found some satisfaction in something else I like it's I think it's a show for all of the talk of it being really realistic and like I people like really relating to the characters are like really seeing themselves in I don't know the the setting or like the underdogness of it all I felt like this that was what that's what took me out of the show every time because it didn't let anyone have any consequences and it like forgot what happened like week to week and there was nothing consistent about it. I'm glad we watched this episode instead of another one because I think other episodes are bad, but this one kind of is bad because it fails on its own terms instead of just being a bad show on other ones. Like, yeah. It gets worse and worse for other reasons, but this is where it's still like close enough to the original and like still fucks up. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Totally like, it totally misses yeah. the mark. Yeah. So, all right. We can move on to plugs. So, what's up with you, Latoya? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, LaFergs, and that's why I will let you know all the things I am writing about. I get to write about uh-huh. Arrow this season for Inverse, so Ooh. that's fun. Hey there. All right, and what's up with you, Elena? Well, I'm in grad school, so I'm, like, doing real <laughs> journalism things now. Oh, no! <laughs> Versus, like, not that freelance writing for people that didn't pay me isn't real journalism. <laughs> now I'm, like, writing for things that still don't pay me, but I'm a student. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Love none, it. yeah, I'm... That that all like post. I you can follow me on Twitter at Elena's Awesome, um, and I have a she professional is, she is awesome. that you can follow if you want, but it's real boring. And that's <laughs> where like I'll post my serious stories that like air on our NPR affiliates, like newscast. And I will say like being it's funny like having I've been on the podcast and like been tweeting for so long and now be like trying to be a serious journalist and I'm always like oh man should I make my account private it's like kind of a mess <laughs> and I like tweet about RuPaul's Drag Race like all the time and I was like well if they want to hire me like I don't know I mean I NPR will appreciate how much I love RuPaul's Drag Race and how I can colorfully use swear words I hope so we'll see <laughs> <Words> <laughs> we'll see all. what happens words and all awesome always <laughs> And as always, I am at Marie on Twitter. Uh, the uh, next episode of this show is uh, hopefully the appropriately timed Gilmore Girls, season three, episode 21. <laughs> Here comes the sun. Oh, hey. So in anticipation of the A Year in the Life coming out, um, just, just let's all like, reflect on one of the lesser uh, amazing episodes of the show where they attempted to uh, spin off Jess into his own world. And it failed <gasps> miserably. So oh. let's hope this next spinoff, which is more just like a continuation, is more successful. Um, and in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. You can email us at the Televoid at gmail.com. Uh, please rate, subscribe, review on iTunes. It helps us get to the drunk commentary episode of Entourage. <laughs> so, <I hate> <laughs> uh, we're close to doing that, so get, go get on that. In the meantime, happy Halloween, and we will see you next week. Bye bye. Hey.